Hello, it is Thursday, March 26th. Already, time's flying. Got all those people saying, we'd be in the middle of March Madness right now. I'm missing sports too, I'm gonna be honest. Aussie Football League, fell in love with that overnight. Had a one night stand with the AFL. Had a one night stand with the Australian Football League. Can't wait for them to come back. The NHL, obviously. MLS, pff, the best. Now they're talking about the NFL season. I don't know. I got like six, seven tweets today. And this is how I kind of judge the validity of things. If I get numerous tweets that say the same exact thing, I'm like, okay, so somebody said that and at least six people read it. So if at least six people read it, we can assume, you know, maybe a, if six people read it and had the urge to tweet me and tell me about it, Let's assume more people probably read that quote. So who's saying it? I don't know, but somebody's saying it. And, and by the way, that's probably, you know, not the greatest way to cite something. But it, it's how I get alerted to some things that are potentially happening that might not be in my world. You know, because I like looking at the positive stuff. Let's talk about this. Let's do that. Okay, boom, boom, boom. And then, like, six people tweeted me today, like, oh, there's going to be no NFL season. What does that mean who said that? Why is that happening? I don't need that in my life right now. Don't need it. The Olympics got moved back a year. I'm already pissed off about it. Already pissed off about it. Can't be screaming USA at the top of my lungs in the middle of the fucking living room anymore. Got to wait another year. It's all right. Another year of training for the Americans. Or are they going to be worn out because they're going on like a three and a half year training period? Hmm. Huh. They're going to have to battle through for America and for their respective countries. If you're listening in another country, I hope your team does good except for against us. I think it's how everybody should feel. I'll watch speed walking during those Summer Olympics. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get into some sports now. The streamer dance routines, I think I would have been great at that. Might have missed my calling. Could have got a fucking medal. Volleyball always gets exciting. The gymnastics routines. One more year, postponed. Let's just hope they don't do anything in the NFL season. You're going to hear us talk about today, possibly. I don't know what Ty, who T's and P's, battling through a potential coronavirus. He said he'll be finding out the results on whether or not he has the coronavirus within the next 24 hours. So, you know, maybe send a tweet to the guy. I don't know what Ty edited into this or edited out of this, but I'll, I'll say it right up. The general managers have like a board. They all like talk to each other. NFL general managers all talk to each other every day. They have like a board. Hey, boys, how's it going? What do we like? What do we hate? Alberta River on, get them the fuck out. They unanimously voted to postpone the NFL draft. They told Roger Goodell that. And Roger Goodell promptly responded and said, Nope. Forge the river, fellas. Forge the river. We're not budging. We're not moving. The dates will remain the same. Do your jobs better. Because obviously, general managers would like to meet the people that they're potentially going to be spending hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars on to build their team.
Maybe they want to meet them in person. Maybe they want to get a little medical. Maybe they want the Navy SEAL that they hired to on their scouting department to have like a mental conversation to figure out what his state of mind is and if the guy would buy into the culture. All the GMs unanimously said, yep, need to postpone it because we would like to figure out what we're getting, when we're getting, how we're getting, who. What getting, how we're getting, when we're getting, who. And Goodell said, mm, wrong Do your job better. I like that. I think it's awesome. Just don't postpone the season, though. I will lose my shit. Now, today's show uh, is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is obviously currently in a situation much like the rest of the world. And when it's time to get back to live events, everybody knows you get your tickets from SeatGeek. And also, today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. When was the last time you could uh, see behind the bushes, huh? (laughs) When could you uh, get a peek through the shrubbery? You know? That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months. Sam, 18 months. How long is that? That's 18 months. Yup. Any other answers? It's a year and some change. (laughs) A year and a half they spent perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This is their third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions and millions. Thank you, Chuck. Of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When you trim the bushes, the tree stands taller. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. It's like when your helmet has a, has a light on it to go splunking. That's what your trimmer has on it. An LED light guiding no path to manscaping glory. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. So it's powerful, but it's quiet. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Think about that. It is a life changer. You know, peek down at the squirrel. Something funny, lady. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code McAfee. Manscaped, your landscape. All right. (laughs) 
Joining us is a man who's played in the NFL for 13 years at wide receiver. Not easy to play five years. Not easy to play two years. 13 years in the NFL as a wide receiver. In high school, he was a national 110-meter hurdle champion. One of the fastest humans to ever walk this earth. He is currently a free agent. Excited to see where he ends up at. The last three years, he was with the Saints. He was with the Panthers at one point. The 49ers, the Cardinals, the Dolphins, where he was the number nine overall pick. Stories say he ran a 4-2-2 in college. Ladies and gentlemen, Ted Ginger. All right, Ted. What's up? What's up? Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey, we were reading through your resume. It, there's no way this is accurate. You've played in the NFL as a wide receiver for 13 years, about to be 14. You've never made a Pro Bowl? Never made a Pro Bowl. Oh, no. Ted, they're sleeping on you, Ted. Robbed. Well, you know, uh, I think I still got the better end of it. You know, uh, longevity, I take it all day over, uh, you know, going to a Pro Bowl here and there and be sitting at home on my couch. I, hey, I, 100%. I just want to let you know, I don't like that the people have disrespected you, Ted. I had to punt to you one time, and I've never been more scared in my life. <laughs> you and Tyreek Hill, absolute nightmares to have to punt a ball to you because we know with the drop of a dime, you're from the ticks to the other sideline. No problem at all. You were an absolute nightmare. I was just reading up. I didn't know you were a D-back, too, at one point in your high school state championship. You had like eight picks or something like that, or five senior year. I did not know that. Yeah, you know, I was a defensive player of the year, uh, 04. Uh, number one defensive back in the country. Uh, went to the All-American game and did all that. Uh, uh, that was like my, 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 my heart, my deal right there. I was a DB, you know. Uh, as you can see throughout my career, we, my father pushed out nothing but DBs, you know. Dante Whitner, Marshawn Lattimore, Justin Hardy, and the numbers go on, you know. Uh, and uh, that's just like, what we what we feed, what we bleed. But once I went to Ohio State, and you know, with me being a, a quarterback my whole life and uh, being a playmaker that I was, you know, uh, I found myself just uh, gravitating to the offensive side. Where you had guys like Ubaldi and Dustin Fox and Dante Whitner and uh, E.J. Underwood at the time at Ohio State, and uh, Chris Ch I mean Chris Gamble has just left. So uh, you know, we had a lot of good guys. So. You know, at that time, it was just offense, and uh, I was supposed to go back over, but I started making my name, so I stay with it. I stick with it. <laughs> Ted, you are, I mean, 13 years into this thing, still one of the fastest dudes in the NFL. At what year, or has it ever happened where you thought you couldn't get by a guy? Like, is there, has that happened recently? Have you had to change your game, or do you still think you can float right by dudes if you have to? Yeah, I can still float, for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, I would never, I would never give any guy out there the doubt that I can't go past him at all, you know. Uh, um, I ain't got, I ain't that, I ain't that old yet, you know. I know I'm getting up there, but, uh, you know, uh, I mean, with the, with the game, it has changed, you know, where, uh, you know, you have to uh, use your speed when you can, you know. Uh, as as the first part of my years, you know, I just thought being a blazer was the deal and, you know, and just running by guys, you know, and not putting no tempo into routes and different things like that. And as I got older, um, got around guys like Ricky Prohl and uh, Curtis Johnson and uh, and um, RC down there in New Orleans, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, my game just has just evolved the last, like, five or six years just by being able just to settle down and not really worrying about different things, just going out and just playing football. 
It feels like that Saints offense, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, if those two are together, it's always going to be successful. Obviously, Michael Thomas, a guy that you know very well, kind of lit up the boards. You were down there as well. What is it about that offense that makes it so successful? And is Sean Payton and Drew Brees, what did they bring to your game that made you an even better player and a more elite player? Well, you know, I'm always going to call them a duo. You know, uh, they're one of the two best uh, tandems I've ever been around, you know, uh, far as coaching and quarterback and the the relationship that he has and the way that they put um the time in to uh push that deal down there um you you wouldn't I, I would never see it again, you know. Uh but uh you know you learn and you see different things and you carry on and and it's it's a brotherhood down there. It's a different type of culture. It's the Saints way. You know, and when you're down there man, you're gonna do things in a way that you normally don't do things in at, at, in different areas. You know, this that was my uh, 15 I, w- I was on and uh you know I felt like a, a rookie at sometimes you know uh, I felt like a two uh two-year guy sometimes and I think that's the feel that you want to have down there is just being excited you know every year was different every year was fun uh I seen what they what they do um uh, it's just a great it's a great city to play in the fans are great and you know with them two being down there man it's going to be unstoppable you got to play for the Carolina Panthers. By the way, that was very intriguing to hear that you felt like a second-year player. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? They just could, like keep I, it fresh. That's a good thing, you know. It kept me fresh, you know. Uh, I, I mean, when you when you get up in, in age like this, you know, you find different things to help trick that that motor, you <laughs> yeah. know. And uh, you know, being able to play with guys like Marshawn Lattimore and Justin Hardy and Michael Thomas and Bon Bell and Eli Apple, you know, guys that you know you. You watch come out of Ohio State. You've been known for years, and now you go down there, and you know they really intrigue of what you got going on, and really want to be with you, and you know see how your journey is to make their journey be the same. You know, and you know as much fun as it is as being on the field, off the field is even better. That's a winning culture. That, that's not everywhere. Obviously, you've been a lot of places. I'm sure you've experienced that. When you were at the Panthers, the Panthers were a. T- I mean, that was a team team back in the day. Whenever they got going, Cam Newton's now about to hit the free agency mark. From what you know of Cam Newton and behind closed doors, what do you think people are going to see at Cam Newton at his next stop if he's 100% healthy moving forward? Oh man, you're going to see an MVP guy. You know the way that guy trains, the way that the way that guy um, attacks uh, football, and the way that he does things. You know, uh, uh, whoever getting wherever he lands, you know, uh, they got they got a weapon on their hands, man. And he's gonna come out like like a cannon, you know. And uh, the way he's eating, the way he's preparing, you know. Uh, I seen him go through this ground before. I witnessed this ground before, and he won MVP of the of the whole league. You know, uh, we went fifteen and one. You know. Uh, you know that guy has a motor inside of him. He has he has something to prove. Uh, I don't really think it's about the money anymore. I think it's just about him being Cam Newton and going on and showing everybody that you know he's who he is, the guy that he say he is, Superman. So uh, I just I just wish for the best for him. Uh, whoever get him, man, they got a gym. And I hope they're just using the right way. I think so too. He seems to have the personality where if he has to reprove himself. He's going to shine. Like, I think he feels like that's the personality that he has. Because not that he would ever have to reprove himself. He's already won an MVP. He's already won a lot of games. But to an organization, to the staff, to the to his teammates, everything like that, the day-to-day, it might be like a reinvigorating type situa- situation for Cam Newton. Well, you know, uh, you, you never have to worry about it with the fans. You know, he's a fan guy, you know, uh, yeah. community guy. Uh, anything that he come into, uh, he's going to – 
bring the energy that he brings. You know, uh, I think in, in the NFL and in this game, period, it's a proven sport every year. So every, every year that you go out, you got to prove yourself. I've been playing almost 14 years now, and every year you have to go out and show that you can still do it, you want to do it, and how to do it. You know, and no matter how it is or how it comes to you, you know, you got to fight with, 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 with the war, you know. And that guy put in a lot of time, man. You see how he's working out on Instagram. Um, I'm a, I know him firsthand, so I'm a firm believer that, you know, it's just not play. You know, it's going to be for real. And, uh, man, he got kids now. You know, at the beginning of his career, he didn't. He have kids now. So there's a whole different type of, of, of uh, motivation that the guy has now. Ted, we're talking to Ted Giddens Jr., who's played wide receiver in the NFL for 13 years. He's been screwed out of a Pro Bowl 13 times. <laughs> he is a current free agent. Ted, what is your mindset going into free agency right now? Are you kind of waiting to see how everybody plays out? Are you kind of sitting back, ring chasing? What is the mindset for Ted Ginn? I want to play football, man. Uh, I've never been a ring chaser. I've never been a money chaser. I've been a, I've been a guy be in the right spot and be with the right people and let's play football, you know. Uh, That's awesome. I'm about team unity. Uh, I'm about just being that guy when you're not supposed to. I don't need 110 plays. I need I need enough. I just want to play football. I still got something in me. I still got enough in me where, you know, I can go out and compete with the best of them. Uh, I don't care about having to prove myself. I don't care about anything, man. I just want to go out and just, and just finish it off the right way and just have fun doing it. I believe whatever team I get on, uh, with the type of leadership that I have and, and I'm going to bring to the room, uh, you know, you can spark anything, man. You know, I'd have been on teams that I'd have been 1-15. I'd have been on teams that have been 15-1. You know, so, uh, you know, it's just it, – and they both were great teams. They both were great people with great situations, great coaches and great people, you know, and uh, just, the, just the apple didn't fall right. And some did, you know. So uh, I just want to go out, man, and just play football. I want everybody to, you know, respect me for who I am. You know, I don't want to chase or be seen like I'm just going for money or anything like that. I just want to just play football. Ted, you're a returner. You're a blazing wide receiver. I would have never expected that answer from anybody that has those two roles, by the way, <laughs> ever. That it's kind of like a broad bu a brush that gets painted when wide receivers and returners, it's like, hey, they're about the amount of balls they can get. They're about the amount of money they can get. They're about this type of thing. Ted, you've played for 13 years, and the only thing I've heard about teammates is that they love you. Then listening to your response right there, all they want to do is play football. I don't care if I have to prove myself again. You're an anomaly, I think, Ted, and I think any team, Colts, Packers, there's a lot of teams that potentially need weapons. Patriots, there's a lot of teams that need weapons. I would assume that these people are going to be very interested in old Ted Ginn Jr. Would you want it to be now, or would you want it to be later whenever it's closer to the season so you don't have to go through OTAs and everything, or would you want to go through the OTAs and build that team camaraderie? Man, I, I, want, to be a, I want to be part of everything, man. You know, for my whole life, man, my, my father been a coach, you know, been, been, been a high school coach and a coach. Great players. We didn't have nothing but team unity, and that's all I'm about, man. You go in and you get it done. Uh, if I'm going somewhere new, I want to be right there from day one. You know, uh, uh, I don't. I mean, that's football. That's being a team player. That's being down with the, with the situation. Uh, especially if I'm not from from that area or it's not like a familiar spot. I got to get there. I got to learn. I got to see what's going on. Uh, I got to know where I'm around. I like to bring my family. Like it, it's it's just not all about football. It's about the whole deal when you come into a new city, you know. So uh, I don't. I want it to be now. I don't want it to be later. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know how I'm, how it's going, and I want to get in and just get going. Ted, you're awesome. Your dad, obviously, very important person in your life. 
uh, Ted Ginn Sr. You said he was your coach in high school. Is that accurate? Yes, my high school coach for track and football. Damn. He created a monster. Your, yeah. your dad created an absolute monster. Third- he, and he was really, really different in track. Like football, we was like buddy, buddy, like brothers. And I say uh, track, we was like father and son. Like, man, if you don't get away from me, man, like we had nights, we had times <laughs> where, you know, uh, one thing you never brought it home, but didn't have no choice but to come home. If you can understand what that was, you know. And, uh, you know, I had nights where I didn't quit track on him. But I go back the next day. I quit there. I quit probably every week. But <laughs> it was just, you know, the focus that he had in track was totally different. The mindset. Um, that's why to to this day, you know, I think that track background helped me be uh, who I am in the NFL right now because uh, it's a one man sport. You know, uh, no matter if you have a relay, it's a one man sport. Everybody have to do their own deal to make that relay go but you got to work individually to be able to make that to make that impact on the relay so uh the individual work that i put in uh just helped me be able to go through this with, with flying colors and i heard uh, i read on your wikipedia that the ohio state track coach wanted you to come join them but you decided to focus on football instead of doing that do you think you would have been able to be an olympic sprinter or something along those lines if you would have uh focused on that outright for sure, I, I, if, if I would have really went and and read, because track was my favorite, was my favorite sport still to this day. You know, uh, just you just can't turn it down. Like you know, uh, the work that you put into that, man, it you could do anything. You can go swim, play basketball, baseball, whatever you want to do. Like you know what I'm saying? The body of work that you put in for track masked over all sports to me. You know, and uh, if I really would have went. Uh, and ran track in, in, in college, you know, I, I'd have been the hurt. I'd have been an Olympic hurdler for sure. Would you? You'd be the fastest hurdler in the history of the world, for sure. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Ted, I absolutely because love I, it. I really like. I really like. To be honest, I had like one track coach that came. He showed me a lot of different things when I was growing up. His name was Jenkins, and then after that, I did it by myself. I got a hurdle. I got in my garage. You see those got me an ankle weight, and I went to work. You see those white kids just uh, get absolutely slaughtered by those hurdles. <laughs> I mean, they, they get abs on the internet. I mean, it plays no games. You know, you know, hurling is really a lot of work that you put in by yourself and a lot of like stability. It's not always like going over the hurdle. Like that's like that's the easiest that you can do. Everything else is on the wall, stabilized. Building your hips, building your ankles, you know. You do same this thing, thing you tell a DB. This thing. Yeah. <laughs> that thing, right? That right there, yeah. Bro, you talking about this? Yep. They always made me, <laughs> strength coaches made me do this. I had to lean on a wall, and they were like, all right, do 15 or whatever. You have to do this leg cycle thing. And I'm like, this is yeah. not helping me kick a ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's the move. That's it, yeah. But I bet you, listen. I kicked the forty. I kicked the fifty-yard field goal in high school, what? and I, mean, I was a punter. I mean, you just so, added ten yards on. And that. it was, and it was all. Well, we had the tee at the time, so I had to <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, ten years. But um, that was actually like my last highlight of my senior year. I kicked the fifty-yard field goal to put us up, put us down. What twenty-one 
It would mean tally game, 21-21, something like that. Really? Lost 24-21 to Brian Hoyer. Oh, freaking wow. Hoyer. He threw six picks last year last year for the Colts. <laughs> Leave my guy alone, Ohio native. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything for Ted, 13 years, a lot of you've seen a lot of corners. Do you have someone that you loved going against and then someone who who you think was probably the best corner that you've gone up against? Well, you know, uh, I've been on a lot of different islands. You know, uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of different islands. You know, um, I've seen the Reavers Island, uh, Kamardi, uh Roger, Kamardi, uh, uh I had the Ty Law, you know. Um, you know, I've been, I've been around Patrick Peterson. Uh, you know, I've been around some guys, you know, uh, but the guy always, uh, respected, uh, always loved his game was, uh, was Regis, you know, uh, you know, just had, had a lot of respect for that guy. I played in a conference with him for X amount of years, you know, uh, and, um, you know, I always put him probably my toughest guy. He, by the way, him and Richard Sherman got into a little Twitter beef because Richard Sherman, he said, isn't an island guy, although there are some stats that say Richard Sherman ends up one-on-one coverage on a regular basis. They're two different style corners, but there was a little bit of a beef, and a lot of people are like, Revis should not be talking like that to Richard Sherman. I was like, ah, I think you, I, I think those folks that were saying that didn't fully understand the amount of respect that a lot of people have for Revis in the NFL. I mean, Revis Island was a game changer, not only business-wise, but in a football field as well. He would shut down an entire half of a field, basically. Am I 100% accurate in facing that? So anytime you, yeah. anytime you were picked, I, from what I've been told as a wide receiver, anytime you were picked as the Darrell Revis guy, it was like a, it was like a tribute almost, like congratulations, you're on Revis Island. And then a lot of those guys didn't have a lot of success. Am I accurate? In, is everything I just said there accurate? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, it go both ways, man. You know, uh, I, I didn't watch Richard Sherman, man. I played a lot of games against him back in our days at the 49ers, you know. And, and he just, like you say, it's two different styles of corner. They both have an island. You know what I'm saying? And they both going to be great. They both going to go into a Hall of Fame. They both are going to be up there in the top rankings of corners for the rest of, for the rest of my life, for the rest of our lives. There's nothing that you, you could take away from them. Okay. Numbers don't lie. They both have great numbers. They both are effective in, in different ways, and they bring they both brought a change to the game. All right. Well, Ted, we appreciate the hell out of you, man. I can't wait to see where you go. I hope you end up with the Colts, but anywhere you go, I hope it ends <laughs> up great. You're you're a legend, dude. I appreciate you joining us today. No doubt, man. Whenever you want to have me back, man, hit my line. Hey, if you get bored, call in whenever. I do hate what you've done to punters over the years, but I respect the conversation. <laughs> <with you>. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Ted Ginn Jr. Woo-hoo, Ted! Hey, he was awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize his dad was the head coach of a pretty famous high school in Glenville where a lot of players have come out. Yeah, he just he just led off, read off a bunch there at the beginning yeah. of all the players that he played with. He's like, basically, DBs was our thing. So he had like eight picks, five touchdowns he returned them for and stuff like that. It's, what an animal. And by the way, just I just like play football, man. I'm not chasing money or rings. Jeez. I just want to play football. Year 14, wide receiver. The amount of stories talked about prima donna wide receivers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. him, it seemed to be the complete opposite there. I love Ted Ginn. Love that man. I'm a big fan of him. Oh, yeah. He was scary as hell, though, to punt to. Oh, oh he, <laughs> he knows. Like Strider. You said, oh, yeah, your dad made a monster. He goes, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100% <laughs> right. Yeah. They put music on, too, whenever he would jog out there. I mean, it was a whole thing. It was When he saw Antonio Brown back there, it was a nightmare. When he saw Ted Ginn back there, you're like, what the hell's going on? Then you see Tyreek Hill, you're like, son of a. <laughs> this is just a nightmare situation. Ted and I never had to dance, though. 
Thank God. It's he amazing would, too that he would have beat me. He doesn't want like ring chase or he doesn't want just all that stuff. Play. Just wants to play football. Right, well, somebody vote him into the Pro Bowl. <laughs> how, how are you 13 years at a position that is not easy to be at and you don't get voted in the Pro Bowl? You know why? Because he doesn't care. The dude just doesn't care about any of that stuff, I don't think. Yeah, because I saw like eight touchdowns as a returner. That's a lot. You would think you'd get in as a returner, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would think. I'm a massive Ted Ginn Jr. fan. I'm going to try to get his, his jersey the next place we go, put it up in the office somewhere. I like that. He said Cam Newton, whoever gets him is getting a guy that's a champ. He said he got to, to watch him. He got to do the whole thing. I'm pumped up for that. But will the Chargers make that move? Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Chargers, is he a guy from the Bill Polian tree that would have, want his quarterback to be a very charismatic quarterback in Los Angeles? He said he can move forward with Tyrod Taylor. Like Diggs said right before we went live, why not just give him a two-year deal front-loaded? If it doesn't work out, you're off the hook after another year. Maybe you guys, If it doesn't work out good enough, maybe you guys are in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence you know, tried to raise a little money for coronavirus victims. Clemson's um, compliance board. Yes. Cracked down on him, said he can't do that. The NCAA is going to hate this. And then the NCAA, by the way, Mark Emmert said, uh, you can do it, but we're definitely going to have to monitor that account. <laughs> GoFundMe, by the way, is a great way for players because you couldn't, you know, you can't get the $100 handshakes anymore that I heard happened back in the day in the SEC, the $1,000 handshakes that used to happen back in the day. It never happened to me as a kicker and punter in West Virginia. It's kind of a shame, but if it happened to my teammates, I'm happy for them. But now with GoFundMe in Venmos and Cash Apps, oh my God, I couldn't even fathom the amount of money just bouncing. <laughs> Mark Emmert thinks he's getting guys. No, no, no. You're getting God, I think, by these. <laughs> I think there's a chance. And that's why the GoFundMe, the NCAA compliance people are like, yeah, you can't just shove it in people's faces that you're raising money uh, from other people. But Trevor Lawrence being a good human, by the way, doing what he's doing. Now the NCAA is partnering with him, I'd assume. They're going to raise a lot of money for coronavirus victims. That's a good kid. So not only is he great at football, not only is he the prototype, not only is he a good human, he's going to have to bounce back after a little adversity here after losing to LSU. But he's going to be the number one pick next year. And if the Chargers think bad enough and they don't think Cam Newton work and you have no fans and stuff like that, just get Trevor Lawrence next year. Do whatever you can to make a move for Trevor Lawrence. I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't go try to get him right now. Cam? Yeah. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense ticket-wise, like for the new stadium. Because even the Rams were one year removed from going to the Super Bowl, and they had a hard time filling the Rose Bowl. Like, And if, if Austin Eckler was saying, yeah, the tickets were expensive at StubHub, but I assume at the Rose Bowl they were normal, and they the Rams had a hard time filling it there. And I don't know how many games a new stadium, like let's go to the new stadium and check it out, gets you as far as fans buying tickets before if your team stinks. They stopped going. I always wondered why that was at Tone Diggs, by the way, at Nick Morado also here, Jason McAfee, Cuban Zeet, Evan Foxy, Boston Connors on the phones, one eight three three six two two three 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 one. I it always like teams used to hang Los Angeles over their state or city's head, right? If they wanted a new stadium or they wanted something and they wanted the public money, whether it was the city or the state government's money, tax money, they would hang over the head that they're going to go to Los Angeles. Like, we'll take this team right to Los Angeles tomorrow. You, you want to, you, no new stadium, huh? You don't want to, no big deal. We'll go to Los Angeles tomorrow. That happened everywhere. That was like lot, what a lot of teams did. Now, some places didn't give in, and they obviously, St. Louis lost their team. Oakland didn't give in, lost their team. It's like new stadiums are the thing that kind of drive the NFL at this point, right? Mm -hmm. New stadium in LA. But I didn't understand the allure of going to Los Angeles. I think because it's such a big city. But how do you, 
I think Los Angeles is a melting pot of humans. Like all the people from their towns that want to make it in Hollywood, they go to LA. So LA is a collection and it's actually a pretty cool community, right? Because you see people from everywhere. You meet people from everywhere. So to just drop them in a city where a lot of people from Pittsburgh, they have their home ties and they go out there. And that's like a cool thing about watching the NFL in Los Angeles on some Sundays is you have fans from everywhere there. That's it's so just to drop a team in there and be like, Hey, this is your team now. I think that was always an aggressive move and I never truly understood it. But if you win, they're going to come out and support because they become fans. But if you're just a mediocre team, I think Los Angeles is almost like a death sentence for a team potentially. Let alone two teams. That's what I don't know, man. I don't. Yeah, because if one of them stinks too, you got to assume half the fans for that team are going to be like, yeah, well, the Rams are better. So <laughs> this one, it's like the Jets and Giants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lakers and Clippers. Oh. They've both been around for so long. So, so long. Lakers, Clippers been around a long time. Jets, Giants been around a long time. Mets, Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. They've been around a long time. You could, you, there's cities that have two, the massive cities, obviously, but those are like historic franchises who've had generations of fans. To have just two new teams, you're immediately competing against each other. So if you're the Chargers, it's like, okay, from a business sense, we have to be better than the Rams. Do we have to be better than every other AFC team to achieve our ultimate goal of getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, if you're the Chargers, you have to do that. But let's let's make our first goal being better than the other team in L.A. so we can build a business around this thing. It's a very intriguing part because the Rams could be on a quick yeah. – they, they, they're, they're unloading. They don't have a lot of cap space. They don't have a lot of money. They are potentially on the downswing of things, which could be good for the Chargers, which even more so. You get Cam Newton in there and they win. You have a, a, a charismatic start, your quarterback is a Charger. The other team stinks because they don't know how to pay people. And you're winning. I mean, bingo, bingo, the Chargers are a new team of L.A. Also, if you're the Chargers or if you're any team who possibly could use a quarterback right now, and Cam got uh, issued healthy, I guess, yesterday. And you're going to get him for cheap. A 30-year-old MVP. Like, that's just on the football field. Yeah. Seems to make sense. It feels like everybody is in agree- uh, agreement, too, that Cam Newton's going to be good when he comes back. It feels like everybody. They're always like, would you take a rookie quarterback that you don't know draft, or would you take Cam Newton? And it feels like a lot of people's answers that – study football pretty heavily go uh we take cam newton just because we know what cam newton's going to do you have no idea what a rookie draft guy is going to do but the payments are a much different process yes. so it depends on how your cap space is i think that's the biggest thing that question was being asked would you rather take cam newton coming back trying to rejuvenate reinvigorate himself introduce himself to a new team new franchise new fans new teammates or would you take a rookie draft pick? It's like, well, how much money do I have? <laughs> do I have enough money to pay Cam Newton? Because if I have enough money to pay Cam Newton, I probably would try to get in on Tom Brady sweepstakes as well and the Teddy Bridgewater sweepstakes potentially. But if I have enough money to pay Cam Newton, I think I'm going to take Cam Newton over a rookie draft pick just because I feel like we've learned enough from Cam Newton that his upside could be incredible. Now, could the downside be bad? Yeah, but we're in the same position we were in last year then if we're having this conversation at all. I think you roll the dice with Cam Newton and make it move forward. Were you surprised that when it came out that they uh, tried trading him to the Bears, that the Bears essentially picked Foles over Cam? Cam had one year left worth around $20 million on his contract. Foles, you have to pay uh, $20, $20, $20 for the next three years. And the Carolina Panthers said they reached out to the Bears to see if they would make that move. So it's like, what did the Bears say? Now, uh, granted, we know that the Bears – we know that the Bears make great decisions. Oh, yeah. When Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were available, they said, give us 
Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Foxy. There's no reason for you to bury the Bears like that. <laughs> so, but by the way, nobody could have known what Patrick Mahomes was going to do. Nobody did. That's why he slid all the way to the third round or whatever. Deshaun Watson, I, I, people are calling him Michael Jordan of football, but that has been said about a lot of people, a lot of coaches, so you would never know that. Mitchell Trubisky, you know, he was really good. A year ago, something happened this past year where he got really bad. So I'm not saying they make all bad decisions. Uh, Khalil Mack signing was obviously a good one. But to pick Nick Foles over Cam Newton is a very interesting decision that, that had to be made by the Chicago Bears brass, and they did that. I just feel like with that defense – Get a quarterback that can run the ball, too, and just drain the mm -hmm. clock. That feels like that's potentially the right move. What are they scared of? That Cam Newton wasn't going to come back? The doctor in Atlanta who went to the same med school that I think all these other people went to said, yeah, he's good. He's, he's ready to go. And he's going to, oh, man, I think that's a bad decision. I don't think they're ready to move on from Mitch yet. I think they wanted a veteran who they think Mitch could possibly battle and win against to make themselves look better. Oh, look at Pace. Dude. If Pace brings in Foles and Trubisky somehow, some way outperforms them, He's going to look like a genius. Oh, so he's he's setting himself up to yes. look like a smarter guy. A so he's thought. like, the Jaguars paid this guy $80 million, okay? Okay? I didn't do that. I didn't do that with Mitchell Trubisky. And look at our Mitch. Look at our baby boy Mitch. You guys are always comparing him to Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. No, nah, no. Nah. Let's compare him to some other quarterbacks that have been paid. Like Big Richard Nick Foles down in Jacksonville. A Super Bowl MVP. My guy Mitch is better than him. And I'll eat that $60 million we got to pay just to prove that point. I love that by pay. If he's that spiteful and making that move, <laughs> I love that move. You know that's kind of very similar to is... Like Tannehill, like the, the Dolphins paid this guy 110 million. If he comes in and, and Mariota can't beat out this guy, then he's not the guy. <sighs> Tannehill did, by the way. Yeah, Tannehill did beat out Mariota. And if Foles does the same to Mario or to um, Trubisky, Trubisky, then same situation. Nick Foles already paid though. Tannehill got repaid again. Yeah, yeah. 113 mil for that guy. Good for him. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who's going to be a Hall of Famer. He officially retired in January. He was dominant on the basketball court, but it wasn't until he found the NFL tight end position that it became a household name and a legend everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, former tight end of the Chargers. An all-pro, a pro bowler, an absolute stud, Antonio Gates. Hey, Antonio! How y'all doing? How y'all doing, man? Hey, you got a chance to experience the wave of technology with us there whenever we thought we were live and then we weren't live. We appreciate your patience in joining us today. Oh, no worries, man. Uh, I was like my career, man. I've watched a lot of things change over time. So, uh, <laughs> came in in 02 and, you know, finished up in 2018. And uh, I can tell you, it was not the same. It was totally different in that locker room. So, I'm all for it. I'm cool. Okay, so that is a great question. As a man who's been there for so long with the Chargers, whenever the Chargers make that move from San Diego to Los Angeles, we talked we talked to Austin Eckler about it, but he was just there for the post time, basically. He was never really got to play in San Diego for the move. How wearing was that move on the players deciding to go from San Diego to Los Angeles, and how long in advance did you guys know before the public knew? Not much longer. Uh, because uh, I think the whole idea was that we were trying to get a new stadium in San Diego. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, we wasn't able to accomplish that. So, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, the move to L.A. was a surprise to all of us. Uh, I mean, we might have known shortly right after the public. And uh, it was, uh, man, it was, it was a tough transition, especially from a guy 
that you know that's all I know up until that point is just the true Charger fans that was in San Diego, man. It, it, it was just a an unbelievable situation, man. And uh, like I said, we we was hopeful that the, those fans would still follow us when we got to LA, and uh, some of them did, and some of them still support us to this day. Yeah, it seemed like it was a tough decision because it seemed like the, a lot of the fans turned on Spanos and then L.A. became the new home and in pushing Los Angeles in San Diego was kind of forgotten about. Whenever people would say the Chargers, they would still say San Diego Chargers and then they would correct themselves. So it was almost like a subtle shot at San Diego every single time a commentator made a mistake. But you guys, you and Phil had such an incredible run of the Chargers of old back in the day. Now, granted, there's a chance to get back in that. And just a couple years ago, there was a playoff run there that ultimately ended in Foxborough which a lot of AFC playoff hopes did. But that run you and Phil Rivers went on was nothing short of majestic to watch. Did you ever expect in your life that a guy from Carolina who's got 75 kids would be the man <laughs> that you'd be a tag team partner with for so long and have so much success with? No, man. And I think that was the beauty of it all. Uh, you know, I mean, you talk about two different guys from two different backgrounds. And, uh, and what, what was unique is that, you know, most of the time when you think of a, uh, some type of chemistry, you think of somebody has been on the same page consistently. And uh, it was times that we weren't on the same page. And I thought that was, that's what made us strong because we've we seen it from different angles. And my weakness was his strength. My strength was his weaknesses. And uh, that's what made us collectively just, you know what I mean, that's much, that much more difficult to deal with. And uh, we applied it that way. You know, we go out into a game and uh, there was things that I, I wanted to get done that he probably didn't see or foresee on film. And uh, we got it done because it was ultimately a team for us to, you know, go out and, and try to adapt, if you will. That would probably be the proper word to use. We was able to adapt in a game situation, uh, probably better than, you know, the majority of times that you've seen in the past. Jacob Hester told me, that Philip Rivers, and this is a shot at you, by the way, because you were one of his teammates. <laughs> he said that Philip Rivers was his favorite teammate because of how much he loved football and basically his entire life revolved around ball and his family. Do you echo those mm -hmm. same sentiments? Like, are the people of Indianapolis and the, the Colts members in that locker room, are they going to love having Philip Rivers around? Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. You got to remember that the, the organization, the coaching staff was with Philip. So, I mean, you're talking about Jay Mike to Nick to Frank, you know, the whole staff basically that was in with us in San Diego, uh, they, they know him very well. He knows them very well. I know him very well. And uh, it's like a reunion in a sense. Uh, you know, they won't miss a beat. They're going to still apply the same things. And uh, that's great because I think they, it just it still fit right in. I, I always talked to him when, I, when we did talk briefly. Uh, I always felt like that was the best situation for him, uh, just for the simple fact that they got the same similar weapons, um, and then they got a, a phenomenal running game with that defense. And then you add a quarterback that can obviously make your passing game go from good to elite. And uh, I think they just got an opportunity now of a lifetime when you add a guy like that. It's coming out that the Colts picked Phillip Rivers over Tom Brady, which is probably because of the comfort level that the coaching staff has with Phil from your days in San Diego. Let's revisit your days in San Diego. Back in the day, a basketball player becoming an NFL player was not the norm. You kind of set a trend for a bunch of guys these days who play other sports and then think they can have a shot in the NFL. It doesn't always work as smoothly as you made it seem. Was there any questions early in your football career in the NFL? You're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to figure this out or this is a lot harder than I thought it was or would, did the game come very easily to you at the NFL level? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, obviously it was a lot harder than what people perceive, perceive it to be because it's still a National Football League. Um, I think the 
the number one thing when I do talk to players and you know, that have that same urge to make that transition is just uh, it comes with a lot of toughness. I think my inner city, growing up in inner city, came with toughness, you know, overcoming adversity. So just because you're a basketball player and you got athleticism, you just can't jump into a football game. Right? <laughs> I mean, I had dislocated fingers. I played with high ankle sprains. So the, to me, the physicality of the game, uh, me being from a, a certain background, it helped me uh, flourish in that game alone. Obviously, the athleticism was natural and things of that nature. But uh, I always try to say that. I mean, I got there. You're talking about guys 295 pounds moving just as quickly as you and just as swift as you were. And uh, that's something that you just don't see on the basketball court or any other sport in, in, in you know, that respect. So uh, when guys want to make that transition and just come from another sport, or rather, I've seen guys that ran track that said they want to come play receiver or play cornerback or play in the National Football League, uh, just remember that uh, don't underestimate the the the, the, the the fact that uh, the physicality part and having that toughness, that to me, that was the biggest uh, attribute that I had coming into the to the league is that uh, Marty Schoenheimer was able to see the fact that I was still tough uh, despite all the things that, you know, all the athleticism and all the attributes that I was able to carry. Signing in 2002, that was old school football. That was three a day still. <laughs> that was no rules mm-hmm. going across the middle. Mm-hmm. What was the first yeah. shot that you can remember being like, damn, these guys hit mm-hmm. over here? I know. Man, I, I, you know, it's funny because when, when I went to the Chargers, you know, I, you know, I had an opportunity to go on. Like, I got, you know, contracts from other teams. But to me, the Chargers were the team I kind of, like, did an overview with, and I was like, I don't know none of these guys. Maybe this is an easier team to make. <laughs> and I was just more surprised, right? I mean, because you, what you what you fell to realize at that time when you're moving from when you're making that transition from the college level to the pros is that you assume that the teams that considered the bad teams are the teams with the less talent. That was what I thought when I got there. And when I got there, I was the number four tight end in the league, and I was calling back home. And I was telling my friends, and I was like, man, these dudes all can play. These dudes are good. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But you remember that they were getting all these draft picks. You know what I mean? They had just drafted Drew Brees. They had drafted, you know, LT. They drafted Tim Jammer. So I was unaware of the fact that the, the talent level that was there, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because I hadn't heard much about them. Uh, you know, they, they wasn't winning as much uh, in that time frame. Uh, that was early 2000s. Uh, the last time they had been to a playoff was in 1994. So uh, I think I was just just surprised by the talent level of a team that was playing so poorly in that time frame. And uh, when you get there, man, like I said, it was just I can't I can't, I can't put into words on how difficult it is to make a team that's the fourth tight end. So I figured special teams were my route. And that you hear coaches talk about it, you hear on shows that they allude to the idea of, okay, you, you got to make this team on special teams when you become a rookie free agent. And that was my thought process. I never in a million years had the thought process of going out playing and starting. That was not my goal. My goal was at the time is to take it one step at a time, make the special teams roster, make the active roster. Uh, I was actually surprised when I made the active roster because, you know, they were cutting guys that I thought should have been starting. <laughs> you can only imagine how I was feeling as a free agent when I see guys coming from Nebraska and, you know, these big universities. And here I am, a basketball player, and I'm sitting there, and the cuts are coming up. And I'm in, I'm in a hotel room, and I'm like, golly, they let him go yesterday? That's kind of what my thought process was. 
I would say it to myself because guys were much more advanced than I was at the time because I hadn't played. Well, I think the Chargers made the right decision keeping you around. I mean, it, it's obviously <laughs> yeah. worked out. We have like a minute and a half left before a hard out, but I want to ask you, obviously I enjoyed your work on the grind. I enjoyed you on the field. I can't wait for your Hall of Fame speech. The tight end position has become more important than it has ever been before. I mean, Gronk, Kelsey, Kittle, you name it. It's becoming a household name. Are you enjoying what tight ends have become in the NFL, or do you think it's a completely different position than back in the day? No, I, I love it. Uh, I do, man. I, I think, that, uh, you know, we are finally getting our just due. And uh, obviously it stems from obviously guys even before me um, that paved the way. Uh, I mean, it's a list of guys that have done a lot of different things that has the same effect on their organization. And I think that's why it's so very difficult to talk about when you talk about the greatest. So many guys impacted the position and they impacted their organization. And I think that's what's more important than anything. Uh, but to see it go to the point where it's at now, uh, who could have dreamed it? Because when I got to the league, uh, you know, guys was not doing, you know, catching, a, you know, going for a thousand yards, catching ten plus touchdowns, uh, you know what I mean, a hundred catches, you know, a hundred receptions. This just wasn't really the thing. It was the tight end position. Was you know, you had to be two sixty five. You had to block, you had to block power. You had to block counter. You had to block ISO. Uh, so uh, you know, obviously my ability alone. Uh, allowed me to be a little bit more, them to be more open-minded with me because I yeah. was a basketball player. So it helped, uh, obviously, uh, make that transition in terms of guys being in space more. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it. You know, every team now I look at now is a guy at that position that can beat you, that can hurt you. And I think that's that's a beautiful thing. I think the thing that I've really enjoyed is. You and Gonzalez, obviously, were the two names of the past, right? You and Gonzalez were the two names of the past. Now, that San Francisco 49ers team, George Kittle is almost the face of that entire franchise at tight end. Gronk, as soon as he leaves the New England Patriots, they become a completely different team. Kelsey is a weapon for the Chiefs that they'll need for a long time. I'm excited to see the evolution of tight end still become the dominant player and see who's next. But I'll tell you what, a lot of those people, I would assume they all grew up watching old Gates film. You're an absolute stud on the field brother it was fun to watch i appreciate it man uh i appreciate it. and i appreciate what they've done to continue to you know carry that tradition because it's not easy um i know that when you're the face of a franchise like kiddos or, or kelsey or Gronk, probably going retired uh but i understand the dynamic of being you know when you're involved in that passing game heavily uh, and you're counted on, you know, your team's trust you, your organization trust you to make plays in a game. It's not easy. Uh, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of, you know, obviously sacrifice. So I'm glad to see what they're doing, man. And I'm continuing to root for these tight ends because I see the salary going up. Man, that's one thing we didn't get. It's the money <laughs> they were getting. <laughs> Antonio, the big news today is Cam Newton getting cut. Do you have any opinion on if the Chargers should potentially go after him mm -hmm. move into a bigger stadium, or, or how do you feel about Tyrod and, and the quarterback situation now that Phillips gone? Well, obviously, you know when you I don't know Tyrod. I watched last year, and uh, what I do know is that I know um, what Anthony Lynn wanted to do in the past. Um, you know, I think Cam Newton definitely fits that mode, um, and so does Tyrod. Um, like I said, I, I wasn't able to keep Tyrod up close. I was watching some games last year, but he didn't gain much. Obviously, Phillip Rivers is the quarterback. Uh, but when you talk about, you know, reviving a team, reviving a city, uh, a guy like Cam Newton, 
uh, you can definitely get that done uh, from a standpoint of picking sales, and, and obviously you still give your chance self a chance to win a championship because we want we don't want to make this all about selling tickets and you know sell, you know selling seats. You know, we still want to win. And I think he obviously he's proven he's a proven commodity in this league. He's proven that he can get you to a championship. Now where he's at from an injury standpoint, I really don't know. That's up to you know the organization to take their do their due diligence and figure out where he's at physically. But uh, I mean, you're talking about a big, strong quarterback that can run the ball downhill, that can throw the ball, if given the right weapons. Uh, I think he's uh, he'd be an important piece if they were were to accept him. And obviously, we'll welcome him with open arms if that was his route to come to LA Chargers. Did you think there was a chance Tom Brady was going to end up there? I did, man. Me too. In a crazy kind of way, I did, man. Just from the fact, uh, it was just, uh, you know. But at the end of the day, I just didn't see it being, you know, because I, I didn't see other than the idea that he, from a stardom status in terms of ticket sales, bringing Tom Brady. But, you know, you get rid of Phillip Rivers and you bring in Tom Brady, what is that really saying about your quarterback? You know, that you mm. obviously all-time leader. And it's about every category that you have from a quarterback standpoint. So, uh, and he's younger. So that was where it got tricky for me because, huh. um, you know, you, you bring in a Tom Brady, and obviously your ticket sales goes up tremendously because that's Tom Brady. He's a proven <laughs> winner with that defense. And I know our defense will be very good this year because we had some injuries last year. So, um, but, you know, that's done. We, you know, we got to move forward. So he's going to Tampa, and uh, hopefully, uh, whoever we land, um, we draft a quarterback in the meantime because we're still going to need a future quarterback. What are you doing with your future? Last question before we let go. We appreciate your time here. What are you getting into, Antonio? Well, I basically, uh, I've been working. I'm, I'm working with the Chargers. Um, I'm, you know, I'm an ambassador for them. I've been involved in, you know, things up until this point, and uh, uh, that's what I plan on doing. And uh, hopefully it kind of it, it can flourish into something bigger, some bigger role. Uh, even whether or not it's you know doing something with the personnel, mm. whatever it may be. But I think it's important to have these ideas from guys who play, uh, who understands what it's like to be in that locker room, who sincerely cares about the organization, which is more important. And obviously the Spanos has been obviously really my only family uh, because they gave me opportunity, and uh, and it's obviously just still you know, working with them has been a, obviously a pleasure. So uh, I'm just enjoying myself, and I, and I work with the Chargers as an ambassador. That's awesome. What a brilliant move by them, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Well, good luck with that. Good luck to the Chargers. We can't thank you enough for joining us, man. You're incredible. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, good luck to your Chargers, man. I hope you guys sell some damn tickets over there. <laughs> I know, right? I know. All right, thank you. All right. And Tony, <laughs> thank you, buddy. Boost Mobile gives you everything you could want in a wireless carrier so you know exactly what you're getting and exactly what you're paying for. With no annual service contract, Boost Mobile offers a range of unlimited data plans and the latest phones from top brands at affordable prices. Service plans already include taxes and fees, plus mobile hotspot, unlimited music streaming, and more. Step up with Boost Mobile. Step up with Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast network so you can post up and watch the games almost anywhere. Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast network is a slam dunk. Step up with Boost 
Mobile. Switch to Boost Mobile today and get four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited data. Holy shit. If you switch to Boost Mobile today, you get four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones. Perfect for the whole family. A super reliable, super fast nationwide network to keep you connected. Switch to Boost Mobile. Switch now. Step up with Boost Mobile and switch today and get four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited data. Four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones. Perfect for the whole family. It's a super reliable, super fast nationwide network to keep you connected. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. Visit BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Includes mobile optimized streaming. Users using more than 35 gigs of data during billing cycle may be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. The four four lines for $25 per line per month with unlimited data and the four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones are a limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only requires port and activation from eligible carrier. One free device per line. Users using more than 35 gigs of data during a billing cycle may be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Boost Mobile. Okay, I like what you guys are pitching. Go to BoostMobile.com or a retailer, and let's take advantage of what they got going on. Just like the Patriots, the Colts didn't want Tom Brady. <laughs> Come on! I mean, it's an interesting time to be alive. I'm not going to talk about him. I'm going to move forward to another man. That man being Peyton Manning. Okay, so everybody knows I was very lucky, very, very lucky that I was drafted to a team that Peyton Manning was the face of. Whenever I was drafted to be a punter, a position that I knew nothing really about until I got drafted by the Indianapolis Colts to join the Colts in 2009, I knew I was arriving at a team that had an absolute goat as a quarterback. Then, obviously, I've talked about the first day I met him, where I met all the other OGs on the team. They came over. Uh, How's it going? I'm like, oh, very nice to meet you, Jeff Saturday, Dallas Clark, Gary Brackett, Adam Vinatieri. Then this man from the other side of the locker room came walking over. He had, like, khaki shorts on, boat shoes, a collar shirt the glasses that connect around the neck thing it was in the middle of spring he goes hi my name's peyton manning and i told him yeah no shoot (laughs) you're peyton manning very nice to meet you he was an absolute gentleman he invited me to go on a golf trip before he even really know me and in that same golf trip he told me to bet on red 18 because he had a feeling at the craps table and red 18 or not the craps table but roulette and red 18 hit for a massive payday but without him even knowing that it hit he walked away knowing that it was going to hit i mean peyton manning was a great teammate a great teammate peyton manning post-career playing in the nfl he's been a pizza salesman he's been an insurance salesman he's been a hilarious actor He's been able to do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. He hosts a show on ESPN that they've been airing basically during the days, Peyton Places. It has 10 episodes, It's or maybe 30 episodes. It's this huge thing. He's had success with every single thing that Peyton Manning has ever tried to do. Saturday Night Live, everybody says it's the greatest athlete edition of Saturday Night Live in its history. You're talking about a pizza deal where he got out of it right before Papa John, John Schneider, decided to ruin his entire company. Peyton was already out of it. Everything that Peyton has done has been the right move. Every. And if you, if you really look at it from afar or from close, you'll just be like, you know what? That guy makes a lot of good decisions, not just on a football field. That guy could run for president if he wanted to, and I think he would win, by the way, because that's how Peyton operates. 
And when Peyton was offered up Monday Night Football last year, in the year before that, there was always reasons. He didn't want to... He didn't want to have to critique Eli on a Monday Night Football game because he loves his brother. Okay, that was always what the public reasoning was. Then last year was the same thing. Then this year, whenever they went after Tony Romo, and Tony Romo said, no, I'm staying at CBS. And then whenever they want to try to trade for Al Michaels from NBC, and it came out that NBC said, no, thank you. Peyton Manning was the person that ESPN wanted for Monday Night Football. The Jason Witten thing didn't go great. The Booker McFarland thing didn't go great. The internet let them know that these were bad, bad, bad choices, and they were going to go all in this year, first with Tony Romo, now with Peyton Manning. They're saying they were going to pay him 20 million dollars a year to be the Monday Night Football color commentator. Now, I will say that the commentator schedule is much worse than you could imagine. You're in that city for three days, both before and afterwards. You're kind of just, you're meeting, you're doing this. It, it's a job. It's a real job. It's not like you just show up unprepared and just kind of do your thing. There is a time commitment involved. So if you're retired, it might not be something you want to do. But for $20 million a year in one of the most prime time positions in all of football, the name Peyton Manning being in Monday Night Football would have been massive. For everybody for NFL fans it would have been great to hear old Peyton Manning's brain spew out onto uh the national network whenever the game's being played it would have been nice to hear him break down things that he's seeing just like Tony Romo's able to do it would have been nice to have Peyton Manning in there but now for the third time Peyton Manning has said no to him one day before his 44th birthday he turned down a potential five-year hundred million dollar deal to do Monday Night Football and I want to say to Peyton Manning that I'm bummed about that. I think he would have been very, very good in there. But do all roads for this Monday Night Football job lead to me? <laughs> do all roads just lead to me? I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. And I'm probably going to get yelled at for even talking about this by who knows who, who knows what. I'm sure some people just. But do all roads come through Indianapolis, Indiana, for that that Monday Night Football? I mean, we're at the point now where nobody wants the job. Now, granted. I'm sure there's a lot of players out there that would love to get that gig. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love because it's the Super Bowl every week. It's different. It's on Monday night. It is. I mean, it's big deal. And boy, what a massive role that you're sitting out there. And they have not hit on the last two. I think they think that. I think the world thinks that. And I don't think that's Booker McFarland's fault or Jason Witten's fault. I just think it's a scenario where you got a lot of eyes on you. So when you get thrown in the deep end there, you have to be able to swim. And if you struggle at all, people are going to say, well, there seems to be a lack of confidence, a lack of a lot of things in there. And people will notice it. But boy, what are they going to do with that role? Nobody knows. But there's this company in Indianapolis, Indiana that just keeps on chugging along. And every day that passes, the price goes up. It's just, <laughs> that's just what happens. It's just the way it goes. There's no way I'll get offered that gig. But I'm excited to see who they end up with now that they've tried Tony Romo. They've tried Peyton Manning. Haven't been able to get him. Who will they be able to get? I'm excited to see. You being the humble human that you are, you have always said there's no way you get that job. Uh, but when It's not humble. It's because like, I've already said that nobody can touch me on a microphone. So that's not really that humble. It's <laughs> yeah. just more of like a, a reality type thing. You but know what I mean? Confident. I'm very confident, yeah. I mean, there's there's nobody that can really keep up with me, especially whenever I put it into a top gear like this. There's people that will be listening like, he needs to slow down if he's going to talk about my football team out there. It's like, <laughs> well, you do, you need to speed up your listening then and it won't be that big of a problem, <laughs> would it? But yeah, it's, it's a realistic thing. I, there's no way they would give that. All right, up. well, even saying that, like when the odds came out a month or so ago when they were trying to trade for Michaels and blah, 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 there was Romo, Manning, and then the third favorite was McAfee. Like, Vegas isn't. It's a real thing, I think. They I know. know. 
the grassroots groundswell yep. for McAfee. Mm -hmm. You were it plus is. 450. The bureaucracy Same may not Peyton. want it, but the people want it. You know, you win the mob, you win Rome. That's what we've always said. You know, that's like a quote. But I'm not 100% sure that that particularly matters when it comes to this type of world. You remember, there's only a few people that are in charge of these things, yeah. right? Right. There's only a few people. Now, will they hire somebody that'll be intriguing for fans? I think they still, there's a couple candidates out there that you could potentially go get. I think there's a couple people that could go get it. But boy, I think all they're worried about is 100% saving the legacy of Monday Night Football. I mean, they have to at this point. Like Joe Tessitore, Booker McFarland, for whatever reason, it was not well received by people. Mm -hmm. Whatever reason you're thinking in your head, okay, probably the reason why. And by the way, there's numerous reasons, but this just wasn't well received by some people. I, I didn't hate it because I like Joe. I've never really met Boog, but I, I, I like Joe as a person, so I, I didn't hate it. But people did, right? It was, in the Witten one, same thing. I mean, for whatever reason, the Witten one. So this one, they have to hit on for the legacy of Monday Night Football. And whenever you're getting publicly turned down that's a very interesting scenario to be in there what do you do next you're like all right do we shoot our shot at the moon again do we try to make this all public so everybody knows al michaels can't do it tony romo says no peyton says no that's not a great look i don't think. i mean they're being dominated by every other network every other network has this a team that is very good and espn can't find someone to compete with that right now it's like Herbie is so good. Herb Street is mm -hmm. so oh, yeah. good. But he's the voice of college. Correct. He's the actual voice of college football. Yeah. So it's like, I think that's the difference between ESPN and everybody else is their A team is actually on the college football, you know, thing. Now, granted, were they assuming that that Monday Night Football gig would be the A booth? I, I would assume so. But whenever you got Herbie, when Herb Street is speaking, he's so smooth, by the way. And I feel like he's got two remotes on those telestrators. I feel like <laughs> he's got it all done, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I will be excited to see what they do with that. Will they try to pluck somebody from another broad, or from another network again? Will they try to move up throughout? Or will they try to talk somebody who has done nothing out of, like Jay Cutler, for instance? He hasn't really been in the football world. Do you go get Jay Cutler? Because you know he's built up a cult following. If he knows football as well as I would assume an NFL quarterback knows football, he could potentially be a guy that could do good in there. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say they do pick you. Who would you want in the booth with you? I love I love Steve Levy. Oh, yeah. No. I yep. absolutely love Steve Levy. I, and by the way, I, even whenever I put out a tweet about Monday nights being open and uh, – Andrew Marchand from the Post talked about how it's not cute to talk about somebody else's role. It's like, yo, I'm okay being the third person in there. Like, I'm very okay being mm -hmm. the third person in the booth. Now, granted, do I think I could be the only guy? I think I could. I absolutely think I could. But if it's going to get some legitimacy to have an NFL quarterback in there, and then my questions that I'll be able to get out of that person will right. be good too, you know? But I love Steve Levy. I love I love Orlovsky. I love Hasselbeck. Everybody knows that. Uh -huh. I feel like me and Hasselbeck hit a nice groove there in that college football thing where we knew nothing about those places. <laughs> Bad football games. We knew nothing about those. But we had a good time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think that is what I will say. Those games were a good time, mm -hmm. like learning how to do it and stuff like that. But we were hitting a groove right as soon as it was ending, and then I didn't get to do the bowl game with him because I was part of the cheese it bowl. <laughs> oh, AJ yeah. Hawk would be hilarious too. Oh, AJ. <laughs> Could you imagine oh, Monday Night God. Football? Oh. Steve Lee, <laughs> Jay Hawk. Oh, it'd be comedy. I can't imagine it. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Can dream about it though. It's not gonna happen. It I won't don't happen. Get, I don't I don't get it. You know why you know exactly why. You know exactly why mm -hmm. it wouldn't happen. We've gotten a chance to kind of look behind. I mean, when we made that run last year for the gig, and I thought we had a chance, 
I thought there was a legitimate chance. Mm -hmm. And then now that I've, you know, peeked behind the curtain a little bit, there is no chance. There is no chance. You know how many people are working, working, you know, with each other in that whole thing? I mean, there is just no chance. Once you see behind the way these things operate, it is very interesting to be like, oh, okay. So now it makes sense to me. And that's why I think I'm about 10 years away from that Monday Night Football gig. <laughs> Whoever they hire next, we'll give them a, a decade run, and then we'll get that next generation of executives. Mm -hmm. You know, that'll probably be our go-to. Or they just find someone who's another one-year run and they just continue to fail. <laughs> Huge possibility. That is also, I guess, an option. I mean, that is an option. But will you tank for Tua? You know what I mean? Will you, <laughs> will you, will you, will you have another year where you could potentially find a free agent out there? You know? Because Greg Olson, by the way, was supposed to go to Fox and get a big gig. And then he came back to play another year. Um, who else? Gronk was talked about for Gronkowski a bit. went and did that Fox. What's Thursday. he do? Dance like a buffoon in the box? Like, Why are you going after Gronk? Oh, There's no God. reason to go after Gronk like that. I'm a Gronk fan. I know you. I am no a Gronk reason? fan. There's no reason to go after Gronk. I don't know if studio show is his thing. I enjoyed what he was saying, but once again, it seems like not everybody did. But a lot of people hate how I talk. So I, I think I could kind of feel for Gronk. If you listen to what Gronk is saying, there is some gems in there. His delivery, though, some people probably stand off about because he's, you know. He's, he's Gronk all the time. Would you do Rex Ryan? That's going on in the chat right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, Being perfect. Rex Ryan would be perfect. <laughs> that would be perfect. I've said, uh, I told. Um, That's the one. I told my agents, I was like, let the people at ESPN know that I could learn how to do play by play. What, tomorrow, by the way? And I got a text back. You think they're going to let you do play by play of Monday Night Football and you've never done play by play before? I was like, I don't think they're going to do third man in the booth. I'm just telling you, these are things that we can throw out there. Um, but I think I think for me to do that, you're going to have to pay me at least $20 million a year. At least. At least. That's million. going great. I mean, hey, I don't set the market. Tony Romo and Peyton Manning did. Yep. I'm just, excuse me, I just want to call a game. It's for ask, the love of the game. Asking for the franchise tag, basically. <laughs> I mean, you're being polite, really. Ah. Right now, FanDuel has the easiest futures bet <laughs> in the history of futures bet right now. Oh. I was scrolling around because, you know, I'm getting a little itch that I'd like to scratch. So I started going through some futures bets on FanDuel because there's obviously no live betting right now. So I'm going through the futures bets, and they have a prop bet out there on who will win more games next season, doing the New England Patriots or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay? The New England Patriots, who just lost Tom Brady, Cal Van Noy, uh, offensive line coach, special teams coordinator. Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. Uh, basically, a lot of staples in that world. Gone. No salary cap really to make any moves. A lot of draft picks, though, which we would assume Bill Belichick's going to do well with. And a guy named Jared Stidham, probably quarterback. Stidham. Who, yeah, Stidham. The stud, Stidham. Or, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have especially if they sign Antonio Brown, will have the most talented wide receiver trio, potentially in the history of the game, in the history of all of football, potentially, if you bring in Antonio Brown. Without Antonio Brown, you still have two wide receivers that combined for over 2,600 yards last year. You have an offensive system with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady coming together and a bunch of OG coaches, including Clyde Christensen, who's been a quarterback coach for the last 30 years in the NFL, and Byron Leftwich, who's been around the NFL forever, and Tom Moore, who was back up to Johnny Unitas back in the day. You're talking about a coaching staff on an offensive side who are a lot of brilliant minds who I assume are going to try to make life as easy as possible for Tom Brady, which was probably 
a part of a conversation that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning had because Peyton Manning has a direct relationship with a lot of those coaches. Tom Moore, Clyde Christensen, Bruce Arians. I don't know how close he is with Byron Leftwich. Let's assume he knows him. But I assume that conversation was one that was potentially mitigated through Peyton Manning about a place that would let Tom be Tom, let Tom have a little bit more control, even though it's coming out that Tom didn't ask for that. But a, a, a mind coming together. All, some of the greatest minds in the history of football come together, excluding Bill Belichick. Some of the greatest minds coming together in one team with an urgency that they have to win now, with a defense that went from number 32 in the NFL to number five in the NFL with Todd Bowles. And let's assume they're not going to be set up in bad positions with turnovers happening at a rapid rate, 38 of them just by Jameis or whatever. That defense is going to be even better with an offense that maybe plays smart football. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not only get more wins than the New England Patriots next year, not only is that the easiest bet I've seen on FanDuel in a long time as a futures bet, minus one. 110 for both of them even money there for both teams i think the tampa bay buccaneers potentially go on a run through the nfc through the entire NFC. i think the tampa bay buccaneers potentially end up in a super bowl am i riding the wave of what have you done for me lately am i forgetting that the san francisco 49ers rushed for 186 yards before contact in the nfc championship game Am I forgetting that Drew Brees exists in the same exact division as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Am I forgetting that Aaron Rodgers, one of our best friends whose face is hanging atop our show at all times, am I forgetting that he's in the NFC? No, I'm just saying, with the minds that are down in Tampa, with Tom Brady potentially being the missing piece, a veteran, smart, winner of a quarterback, with all of that talent, I don't think you can rule out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making a Super Bowl run and inevitably running into one of the young guns or old Big Ben in the Super Bowl. And that's how confident I am that that bet on FanDuel about who's going to win more games next year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or New England Patriots, is the easiest bet I've ever seen. You bring out your hammer. You whip out your hammer, your social distancing, so whip that thing out as hard as you can. You take that and you swing it, not only like a windmill dunk, like a <laughs> son of a bitch, but you swing that thing to try to break the button on the FanDuel thing and you hammer the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for minus 110 on who gets more wins, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New England Patriots. I mean, you laid out all the positives for the Bucks. I'm not seeing many wins here on the Patriots. Scott, do you want to play that game? Bills? L. Texans? Billy <laughs> Chiefs L Chargers Well it depends if they get uh, Tie They tie Rams They win Against the Rams Dolphins They lose to the Dolphins Bills again They lose to the Bills Dolphins They lose to the Dolphins Jets They beat the Jets Broncos Depends on what the Broncos do Raiders depends on, What's that Raiders They beat the Raiders Niners they lose to the Niners. Ravens? They lose to the Ravens. Seahawks? They lose to the Seahawks. Cardinals? They beat the Cardinals. So that's 4-12? and 12? <laughs> Let's assume Tampa's <laughs> going to get at least five wins. Let's assume that the Tampa's going to get at least five I mean, wins. I don't, I don't think we've lost to the Dolphins twice and the Bills twice in the Congrats, same season. Congrats, they stink. 25 years. Yeah, but you lost to the Dolphins whenever you guys were in the middle of your dynasty. I couldn't even fathom what it's going to be like now. Got no shot. Especially with Kyle Van Noy, B-Flo, and the boys down there. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, potentially yeah. Tua. Oh, You, you no. lost to the Dolphins in New England. Would you have a chance to get a first-round point? Ne- never ever in my life have I been 4-12 in March, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, this is your new normal. Yeah, I guess so. This is your new normal. I guess so. 
Yeah, you've had Tom Brady your whole life. The Tampa, the- <laughs> Foxy just showed Tampa's schedule. I mean, that's Cupcake City. Cupcake. Three rides over. What do you mean? Play the Lions, win. Jeez, that's a tough one. That whole bottom row wins. Oh, shut up. Bears, dub. Vikings. Ugh, that could be tough, to be honest. I think they're going to stink Fuck next year. What? The Vikings? Why? Because they don't have Stephon Diggs, the guy throwing his helmet? They got no other weapon besides our guy. Adam Thielen, uh, besides. Kyle Rudolph, Dalvin Cook. The disrespect. Yeah, I, I don't like what no, he's doing. No, no, there's no disrespect. I picked him to win the Super Bowl last year. Welcome to McAfee and Hawk. Although we wish it was McAfee, Hawk, and Pistol. pistol. We want Pistol. We want Pistol. Pist- we- pistol is uh, AJ Hawk's father. Uh, he will be a guest on the show at some point. He's one who raised the man sitting to my left. You're right, Mr. AJ Hawk. How's it going, AJ? Oh, it's going well, Pat. Good to be here. Pistol probably appreciates the uh, the shout-out. I don't know if he's watching live right now. He'll see it at some point, though, if he's not watching live. So, yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate you lifting his spirits up in this time. Pistol understands the technology. He does the YouTube. Oh, yeah. Pistol is the kind of guy that wakes up at 4.15 every morning and reads the paper, just naturally wakes up. But he, for years and years now, I give him credit. I think he's 62, maybe. Champion. He reads his, the paper on his iPad. Like, so he transitioned. Wow. He made a move. Good for him. Good for him. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of Pistol making that adaptation there to the modern world. You're a guy that wakes up early every morning, too, right? Five? Yeah, a little after five, maybe. <sighs> How do you do it? Hands a hawk. How do you do it? Well, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I mean, that's my time. I, I got four kids, so that's my, my time when I can work out and have a little bit of silence. So it's, it's fun. It's a good little start to my day. What's your alarm? What's the sound? Bang, 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 bang. AJ no, Hawk, a- time to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the default uh, iPhone <laughs> thing is, I guess, is all I use. Yeah. Really? You know, I used one of those little buzzers that they, they make them for deaf people, and I, I took two court four quarters of of sign language asl when i was in college and oh. it's a little vibrating thing you put under your pillow and it bluetooths to your phone and it, and it buzzes under your pillow but my wife got a little upset because i would try to like snooze that thing every once in a while and it would oh, all of a sudden be behind her head or it would be in the drawer <laughs> next to me and it'd be so loud i snooze so don't, those I, don't work that well for me i'll hit that snooze seven eight times if i have to i mean i am not scared to hit that thing i have so many aspirations the night before when i set that alarm <laughs> yep. and then bang that morning whatever it is goes off and i'm like i need at least nine more because nine more nine more nine more and then sam next to me is like no more <laughs> get the fuck out of the house it's a it's an interesting thing there whenever you know your life is shared. I'm not good in the morning. She's the best. Sam, my lady Sam is a just a bundle of joy in the morning. Like it's a new day. We're starting anew. Let's go for it. I've never been around. She is sunshine in the morning. I was never like that. She's changing me a little bit, but I still can't get up at like 5 a.m. and want to go work out. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't want to get up and go work out in a big group of people or anything like that, especially right now. But yeah, when I can go down to my basement and get a little workout in and watch the clips I want to see on, on what happened the, the night and the day before and what's upcoming, it's it's a good time for me. What did you like s- a true like old man? It's like what old people do. Mm-hmm. I would say you're an old man. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm and okay ba- with that. You smoke cigars. You get us banned from YouTube. Mm. Wake up 5 a.m. Read your newspaper. Nope. Do the whole thing. What time I was doing do you go a little, to sleep? I was doing a little thinking uh, earlier today, Pat, and I know Cuban Z, you guys cut to him. He has a cigar in his mouth every time. That's you got banned on your four, your 10 to 12 show that carried into this show a couple days ago. Why wouldn't it be 
Cuban Z, even though I understand it's not lit, doesn't matter, still promoting. Go. That is a very good question. <laughs> it's hey, actually a piece of sausage. I did not <laughs> I did not expect you to potentially, you know, throw Zed under the bus, but I guess that's what cigar people do is kind of they recognize each other and throw them under the bus. But you're hundred percent right. I never thought about Zeet potentially being a reason why. I'm not I'm not throwing them under the bus. I don't know what you're eating on the mic right now, but uh it's a is it some G Fuel bar. energy drink? No. Energy oh, I got it right here. No, I do got G Fuel right here, though. Give me a little juice. Fuel up! Mm-hmm. Get the fuel! Fuel up! I can't believe what you haven't dove into the, the, the Tom Brady, all the amazing uh, answers he gave in his, uh, oh, his yeah. press so conference amazing. he just had Hold over on. the phone. So, his his so press conference amazing. was terrible. He didn't say anything in the press conference. The conference call to announce him as a Buccaneer just happened on uh, all the sporting uh, sport networks. They had it. It was just a call, a call. Don't know how we got missed as a piece of media potentially to ask a question. Heard a lot of questions in there. He gave no answers. Took the high road on everything. Appreciate that. He said he did not decide to leave until the night whenever he went over and visited Robert Kraft, which was after the Derek Jeter, Bill Gates, owner of the Lightning conversation. You know, so he was... Yeah, I had his had one foot out of the door, one foot still in the door. Then he went all the way back in to tell Kraft he was all the way out. I mean, I respect that. He said he did not think he was leaving before that. Who knows if that'll be the case? It's, I don't know why Tom Brady would lie, but last night, Tom Brady on Instagram. Hey, guys, I hope you're staying safe and healthy out there. Uh, I just wanted to share with you all some of the tips that we at TV12 put together. Uh, we're in a tough moment, uh, but I know we make can sure you don't get sued, man. just taking some of these small steps. Not really you. He can't claim that it like cures coronavirus. Well, 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 well it's funny it, you say that because I went to Tom Brady's link in the bio. He said that TB12 has some things to boost your immunity or immune system. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's 12 of them, obviously, TB12. Number one, have a positive mindset. Nope. Keep a positive <laughs> TB12 mindset. A positive mindset doesn't mean you ignore life's difficulties and challenges. It means you approach them in a more constructive and positive way, like A.J. Hawk. Like Tom Brady, it's very simple. Tim Tebow does this. Um, uh, what's that? Number two is stay hydrated. Okay, stay hydrated. That's number two to boost the. You see me drinking water all Smart. the time on the show, Meat. thanks to TB12 method. I've already read this months ago. Really, you eat your vegetables. Number three, you eat vegetables every single day. Try to keep them raw though, because you know oh, nutrients. Nutrients. Okay. Number four, consume vitamin D. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and sling vitamin Oops. D if you can. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Six. Um, there's a can. There's a vitamin D that you can get for a shot. By the way, I didn't know you could just. If you live in a place that doesn't have the sun for four months, like the middle of America, Alaska, you Alaska too. Yeah, Six months, I think. Light. You can just go ahead and get a get a shot of uh, yeah, vitamin B too. If you're a depressed individual. B12 gives you all the energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to have, you remember vitamin B shots? You used to have B, vitamin B shots in your- uh, Like shooters? Like like a like you take a shot of alcohol, you mean you drink it? Yeah. No, I never had that. I think they were just giving us five-hour energy before it was five-hour energy. <laughs> yeah. uh, consume essential fatty acids, that's number five. Oh, God. Oh, number six, skip added sugar. Oh. Uh, that's probably why a lot of people- Hey, you good. started doing that. I did start skipping it, and then I skipped right back into it, though. Mm-hmm. Number seven, move for 30 to 60 minutes each day. I know play 60 something, but the TB12 is 30 to 60, whatever you can figure out. You do that at 5.45 a.m. I do it rarely. Number eight, get extra vitamin C in your life. 
Number nine, get some zinc in your life. Number 10, eat lots of protein. <clears throat> Amen. Number 11, sleep. And number 12, get probiotics into your diet. Mm. That's the TB12. Good stomach. Oh, out. it's Brady's? Yeah, it's Tom Brady's. Oh, oh. Yeah. What does zinc do for you? That's the only one I didn't, wasn't familiar with. I think it's like bananas. It's for uh, whenever you get cramps. So you don't cramp. Yeah, so you get cramps. Zinc? Rare yep. earth metals. I think that's it. That's zinc, yeah. Oh, you're low on zinc. Get some bananas in you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. yeah. That's what they always say. Like, yeah. you're cramping up at practice. Oh, Pat, you're low on zinc. Get mm -hmm. a few bananas. Yeah. yeah. That's what we were saying. Yeah, that's why I yeah thanks for reiterating. By the way, what I'm eating here. A lot of zinc in this thing here. Yeah. Really? I'll get your blood flowing. Yeah. Like 8%? Nah, no zinc. I don't know. No zinc. My hey, you notice how Tom, <laughs> how they do that. Like, of course, everything he says is good. Yeah, if we all did that, you'd be healthier probably, but... The, the wording, the language is very important because you can get sued if you claim that you can do like something of what he's doing will cure you or keep you from getting coronavirus. So it's just to, to boost your Im immunity in these rough times we're going through. By the way, got, Meaning, me, to, got, me, to me. got me to click on the link. As soon as I saw Tom Brady was living with that rose garden in the background, and he's Tom Brady, and he said, hey, we got some ideas to build your immune system. I said, I want to know what Tom Brady's doing. Positive mindset, check. I was like, all right, I got that one. And then I want to know all the other ones. I don't think it's going to be possible. I can't get into a grocery store, Tom. I can't get all that zinc and iron and vitamin and this and that. I can't do it. Right now is pizza time. Everybody knows it's a oh, big yeah. pizza time. Frozen pizza aisles have been sold out since the beginning of time, since the beginning of COVID-19. It's inconsiderate. I'm guessing if you, since you can't get into grocery stores to get all of the, the essentials that you may need to, yeah, to live the 12-step process that Tom laid out, yeah. I'm guessing you can go online and maybe order some of these products from, from uh, his uh, website. Uh, TB12.com? I assume. Let me look. Everyone can? Even the average Joe, maybe? Do, yeah, don't you think that's part of the reason? Like, I hope Even he has an online Even a stupid Patriot fan like you, I think. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I've been on the website way too expensive for any round. If anything, it's inconsiderate that Tom would lay uh, out all these steps uh, and then have nobody uh, be able to actually purchase it because not everybody gets $20 million every two minutes like Brady. Oh. <laughs> New England fans are handling it all very well. Very, very well. Yeah, no, I feel good today. He, by the way, he gave a lot of shout-outs and respect to Kraft and Bill Belichick and Jonathan Kraft in this press conference Jeter. call he just had. And he didn't say anything about Jeter. He said he had nothing but respect for the boys in New England. He knows they're going to have a good team, a well-coached team next year. He took the high road when a lot of people in that conference call were asking for him to take the low road, and that's what TB12 does. You take the path less traveled to the top of the mountain. Yeah, he does. I mean, it did you really expect to get anything out of it? I, I'm just I exactly did. what I thought would happen. It's Tom Brady. He's the the ultimate professional, the polished pro that's always going to say the right thing. He's not going to down like he's not going to downplay anybody. Like yeah. he's going to pump everybody up around him that he's, that he's ever come in contact with. That's who he is. But that was Patriots Tom Brady. You know, mm. I wanted heel Tom Brady down in Tampa. You think Bruce? You think BA wanted him to turn a little heel too? Like, hey, come on, Tom, open, loosen up a little bit, bud. Just let it out. Go I know you got that stuff pent up inside you. Go ahead and let him know about it, Tom. Go ahead. Grow a goatee. Oh, oh yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. I, I want Tampa Tommy to come flying around. You know what I mean? One earring. No, but he was very professional. I mean, there was a lot of opportunities for him to turn real heel in there. And Bruce Arians, he he got asked in the middle of that conference call when Tom Brady became the top number one priority for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he said he didn't know if they had a chance to get him. And then basically, like all the reports that have come out, as soon as he found out, they went all in to get him. And I think, by the way, they showed three highlights on ESPN while he was talking. Those three highlights of Tom Brady they showed from last year, 
they're going to win every game next year. They're, 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 he is so good still. He made a couple throws in that three-play three highlight package that ESPN <laughs> ran back and forth. There was a couple plays where he had to move out of the pocket. He juked the guy. He threw it over the top. I mean, I still think Tom – now, Sean Merriman thinks Phillip Rivers is a much better quarterback than Tom Brady is currently physically. True. I don't think that's the case. Like, I think Tom Brady's still got it, by the way. I, I still very much think he's got it. And I think his big old brain is only going to help the entire place down there. Am I wrong in thinking that, AJ? No, I think you're exactly right. You could point to all the charts and different stats people want to show to, to say, like, oh, Tom, was he's not as accurate as he used to be. His arm strength seems to be fine. I don't think that's an issue. He's He was never super mobile, so that's not an issue either. And I think his mental game is only getting stronger as he gets older and he sees everything. So I, I'm not one to sit there and write Tom off. Even if Tom is 85% of what he was in his prime, that's still – what top five in the NFL? Yeah, and he he's eating all the zinky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wakes know? up with that positive mindset. Him and Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark Wahlberg plays nine holes of golf before you've even fucking sneezed. Bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out how he plays golf before it's light. <laughs> Going to dark balls, <laughs> and he plays speed golf too. He's not looking for those balls. He just thinks where they land. He drops a new ball, and then he thinks where that one lands. Then he one putts, and then he goes to the next one. <laughs> He goes through. He shoots a he shoots a forty for nine holes, and he goes through forty balls. Each <laughs> each ball is just guessed to where it's headed, and then he just drives that area, drops a new ball. I think it won here. Oh, I missed this one. Maybe I'm off the green. Let me drop one here, and he's not even searching. It's just the it's just a new ball for every single shot. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he gets done with nine holes, and it's five fifteen. The sun hasn't even thought about coming up yet. He's like, oh, what's next on my list? Oh, okay. Cool down smoothie time before I go and have my scheduled family time. Well, and also Bible study. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's before mm-hmm. all that stuff. Very true. Does Very Wahlberg true. play at that fancy tournament that you play in? Yeah. He, I don't know if he's ever played in Tahoe. He hasn't been out there the last eight or nine years when I have played. But I've seen him as like in pro-ams at different things on TV. But I don't know why he's not in Tahoe. Are you the longest tenured celebrity in that Lake Tahoe tournament? Not even close. There's a few guys like Jim McMahon. I think has come every year like 31 straight years or something like that. He's got nothing else to do. I saw that. Oh, shut up! Come on, he's Legit. a national treasure, bro. I agree. I saw that uh, the 30 for 30 on the Bears was on ABC, and I I got to relive a little Jim McMahon. That dude was outrageous. Pat, I've been around Jim a lot. I played with him in Tahoe multiple times. He plays barefoot. I know, like you do at times, and I've been with him at different things. I think you and Jim McMahon would get along very, very well. He wore his Bears jersey when he was on the Super, like the Super Bowl White House visit. With Good the for him. They're telling stories about them all just getting absolutely hammered on Thursday nights. And there's videos of Jim McMahon at practice just like laying on all the pads. Like, <laughs> obviously hung over on a fast Friday and the game's on Sunday. I mean, just the way they were living over there. And then the Roselle oh, headband. The just the whole thing. That guy was a savage, man. Why is he wearing sunglasses? I guess he, he has to wear the sunglasses, right? That's what, uh, like, something? He had some eye injury when he was a kid, I believe. Something happened where he got jabbed in the eye by something, so he's, he's real sensitive to light. So, yeah, he always has the shades on. Who's that defensive coordinator? Tony Sperano. Tony Sperano, same thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, he wears sunglasses inside and all that stuff. Rest in peace. Tony mm. Sperano passed away? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, he did. You're right. Couple that was sad. Ago. Damn. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. He did. People love that dude, too. Tony Soprano, too. People love that guy, too. R.I.P. to him. What do you mean? Well, the actor played Tony Well, yeah, yeah, the actor did, but. He, Jim Gandolfini. James. I have a little respect. His name's James. 
Jeez. I've heard other actors that work with them call them Jim, so I just adopted oh, I mean, Oh, is that out of Lake Tahoe? First name basis, they know each other. Yeah, you know, like people that work with De Niro call him Bob. Bobby. Oh, we call him Bob here, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby yeah, you know, work with Bob. You know, he's always, we know he's a pro. He knows his lines. I'm just hanging out here. Well, we're all Italian. Who's somebody, chat with Bob every Bobby once D. in a while. Who's somebody you met at that Lake Tahoe that you're like, oh, I can't believe this person is this cool or this terrible? Oh, or a stooge. Or, Everyone out there is super cool. Michael Bolton was awesome. I think I've told you that before. I played oh, with him Michael five, Bol- six, Michael seven Bolton? years ago. He sings a great. Yeah. What song? Singer. What song? When a man loves a woman. Mm-hmm. When a man, a man loves a woman. I mean, he can sing. Wow. He can sing. I, I knew it when my, my mom was big into Michael Bolton back in the day, so it was a big thrill for me when I saw the list of who I was playing with the next day. I was like, yes, Michael Bolton. This is amazing. And he, was, he exceeded – my expectations for who he was. Did you? Hi, hi. My name's Aaron Hawk. My mom's a big fan. Yeah, I think we definitely told him my mom was a big fan. He was excited. Do you get starstruck around a lot of people? Yeah, I mean, of course. I I, I don't want to bug people, so I never like want to go up and introduce myself or say something to somebody. But every once in a while, man, you're just big fan of people. You want to say, hey, man, just appreciate your work. Hey, they know AJ Hawk though. Like that's a name oh, everybody yeah. knows. Hi, I'm AJ Mother Hawk. They know that name. That's a name everybody knows. No. Yeah. No, yeah. I, no I don't. I think you're you're obviously wrong, but um, it's weird. Do you go up and talk to people? Like, say you see somebody, not a media personality. Let's just say anything, athlete, whoever. Do you ever go up and say, "Hey, I just want to let you know, man. Like, you're I like your stuff." Mike Francesa. I went up to him. <laughs> oh, I let him know. He oh. was he was walking into uh, my award show that I was winning in uh, the Heisman Radio, Radio Heisman. Yeah. Yeah, the Heisman Radio. And he showed up, and I saw him actually outside through the glass. I saw him talking to somebody, and I waved, and I saw him lift his hand and wave at me. And now it was, came the moment, like, do you think Mike Francesa had any idea who the fuck he was just waving to? He comes inside. There's a big, long line to go downstairs, so we're kind of hanging out in the lobby. And I go right over to him, and I go, got to do this. I don't ever do this. I literally never, ever do this. And I was like, uh, sir. It's an honor to meet you. And he goes, hey, hey, how's it going? You know, And we talked for like four minutes before he said my name and because I, I didn't think he knew my name. Foxy came over and started filming our conversation, and he would like be talking to me, and then he would just stare at Foxy, and then he'd be talking to me. And then he actually goes to me and goes, this guy's just recording everything I'm saying right now. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's my guy. He goes, oh, is that right? And then he starts talking to the camera, and then he goes, I've been telling people this is the next guy, right? Still hadn't said my name. This is the next guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't know my name, and I'm not going to help him out here. I'm not going to – I'm going to see what happens. And he goes, I told people McAfee's the next guy. And I was like, oh, he knows my name. Let's go. <laughs> I was pumped up about that. But Frances is the only awesome. human. Do you think for those four minutes, though, Pat, do you think he was trying – he was in his brain? He was, oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. What is uh, – What the fuck this guy's uh, name? I know. I was on a show. What is it? He just kept going through it. And then he's like, oh, man, if I can only get this program from my back pocket that has, yeah. like, the, the list of events tonight, maybe I could get a glimpse of who this guy is. I know I know him. I just don't – I can't put a face with the name. He's a kicker, I think. I can't. He's not Bill Simmons. <laughs> Blue chip stock tips, though. Yes, everything Princess he said. Up? Everything he said, stock market wise, has has really made a move. Oh yeah, it has made a move. <laughs> Was he giving you private stock like oh, advice? Yeah. Oh, what yeah. you do? Yeah, he wouldn't. By the way, that's how we ended the interview. Is he him giving stock advice? Here, I'm into the stocks. Here's some for you guys. And uh, one of them was Zoom, which is doing very well right now, yep. I think. Zoom is doing crushing. Slack is the other one he gave us, and that one. <laughs> 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 
Wait, did he know something that we didn't know? This was before the coronavirus hit. Obviously, Zoom is something that people use to work now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Teleconferencing. What was the other one you said? Slack. Slack. The email thing? Slack just went yeah, straight to the same trash thing. can. Yeah. Yeah, Slack. Slack. Yeah. Well, that's, wow. Maybe Is that insider trading? If you would have gone out and bought a bunch of it right then? Well, I don't, I don't do the stocks, but I appreciated the fact that he gave the people that li- do do the stock something to bet on because Francesca is always right. So, if anyone knew a global pandemic was coming, it was a sports pub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, national treasure, Mike mm-hmm. Francesa. Who, other than Michael Bolton, who's somebody you like? Kind of got scared to go say hello to. Oh, Michael Jordan used to play. He hasn't oh, been there in the last God. five or six years, oh. but. Yeah, Jordan was the, my guy. You know, like I still oh, say yeah. all the time, Jordan's the best oh, yeah. ever. I grew up watching him, everything about him. He's the man. What? I, I guess he is the best ever. He is. Yes. Yeah, I, I, well, he was one, one guy. I was like, all right, uh, I didn't know what to do. And I, I was stuck. I had to walk past him on the putting green one time. Oh, don't Jeez. even think about it. Don't even think about it. Just maybe just walk off the green. Well, yeah, I did. Believe me. I was like, my brother was cat who caddies for me out there was sitting there and he's like, Hey man, Jordan's like chipping over there. I was like, uh, um, okay. And I was torn. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I would love to talk to him, but there's no way I'm going to. And I was sitting there and I literally fumbled through my bag. Like I was looking for something until he was leaving just to, to try to like, I don't know. I, I freaked out. I blacked out pretty much and it, as he walked by me. He's smoking a cigar, walks by me. And I was like, oh, I was bending over. I'm like bending over. Like, okay, here we go. Let me fake like I'm doing something. And he like patted me on the ass. And he's like, Hey, congrats, AJ. And I was like, <gasps> and I just froze. Like my wife saw it. My, my brother was there. And he's like, what, what, what just happened? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know who he thinks I am, but luckily we had just won the Super Bowl the year previous. So maybe he had an idea we wanted it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, cool. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Thank Mike. Yep. Yeah. What did you <laughs> go with? You go with Mike? Did you go with Mike? MJ? Mr. I Jordan? Him, I don't think I called him anything. I, it all. I had a million things going through my head. I mean, that was the most like, yeah, most oh. anxiety-ridden moment of my life, and excited at the same time. Oh my! What a moment! You can never fathom being bent over in front of Michael Jordan whenever he realizes and acknowledges your existence. That's a while you never prepare for that. You know, ne- you can never really prepare for that. Cannot prepare for it. No. So I was. Greatly appreciative of that. That that really gave a little pep in my step. I'm sure I went out there and shot like 114 that day on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Boy, AJ. Boy. So, you go, AJ. Have you talked to him since, or is it just a one-ass slap thing? That's it. I, I'm, I fear that that was our only interaction we will ever have. I think so. Was he wearing his rings? No, he was not wearing any oh, rings. Damn it. I don't think you guys will ever talk to each other again. No. I'd say it's a safe bet. Yeah. That's a shame. You had that. You had that, but you have that story that nobody else has. Mm-hmm. Could have bought it over a cigar. Moment. Yeah, you guys are big cigar people. You could have been in Cigar Magazine. Have you ever been on a Cigar Magazine? No, I have not. I don't think I'm like a. I don't know. I don't know if I fit that demo of that like class that <laughs> oh, you wear a suit, smoke a cigar, and drink yeah, scotch. You do. An aficionado. You do. Ohio State legend. Now, here we go. I can't imagine. I don't want to smoke a cigar in a suit because I don't want to have to get the thing dry clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One time use. Well, that's why you have seven of those fans in your house that just suck, suck it out. It doesn't eye. matter where you are. You still need to wash and dry clean whatever you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I don't like you can't wear that thing again before you wash it because it's just going to reek of cigar. It's like a bonfire, I mean, especially if you're smoking indoors. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it'll oh. be like, oh, who's the dude who dumped gasoline on his whole body and walked into this room? Like that's that's how like pungent it would be. I think. I usually put my cigar bag on. Zito puts his cigar bag on. Bag? 
Yeah, it's this trash bag I put over my head. Oh, I have a, I have three smoking jackets. Matt Flynn got oh, me a really nice awesome. one, like a long robe, like a Hugh Hefner type thing, and it's it's really thick, and you can put it on. It'll kind of keep the smoke off your your clothes. Oh, so that's the purpose of a smoke. I, I knew that Hugh Hefner had smoking jackets. Oh yeah, I got I, one. I didn't know it was strictly. That's just a bathroom. You just have a bathroom that you stole. <laughs> Which is dubbed the smoking jacket. But that is what that's for, to cover up all your shit so it doesn't smell for the rest of the day. Oh, my God. I Genius. just learned something. I love right? all yeah. Chicago shout-outs. What, what did you think it was for? I had no idea. Just, <laughs> I, had no I, idea. I thought they just looked cool. Yeah, I was, oh, that's a smoker's jacket. Like, there's a bomber's jacket. You know, mm-hmm. like, I just assume. What like, is, what like you, hey, is that a smoking jacket? Be like, nah, I'm nah, always smoking in this nah, jacket. Hey, 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 smoke. I'm on fire in this thing. What do you think you do in a bomber jacket? Oh, you bomb planes? On. Yeah, it's. Yeah, but Aww. but it is it is it is not military. Aww. You know, it's moved past the military. Oh well, yeah, well, that's what I thought happened to smoking jackets. It did. No, I think people strictly smoke. Well, them. in a suit jacket, you don't suit things. Thank you, Diggs. Stupid. But you do sue people, huh? Oh, that's not what it's suit. In a suit, sue. you sue people. Yeah, it's not like you're covered in soot. That was stupid. What are you drinking in there? You got a little G fuel mixture? Yeah, it's guava. Ooh. You're all about like. Pre-workout, everything. You just don't follow through with the actual workout. Whoa. Jeez. You don't know me. Put that video up that we just shot. Uh, I just got done. I just got done working out, pal. I just got done. Come on, pal. <laughs> me and Cam Newton are working out right now. Okay? We're Do both you, free so agents. Is your Yinzer accent, you, just, you accentuate it for the air at times, right? Depends on what state of mind I'm in. I mean, I mean yeah, you do, which I, I love. I think it's great. I don't know how you don't laugh every time you well, have like a nice hard like Yinzer line. Pittsburgh is the best accent. Yinzer accent is the best accent out there. And for too long, it's been, you know, buried. A lot of people told me that I would have to eliminate that thing from my talking if I wanted to really get into this big time media business. And I told him, get the fuck out of town. <laughs> You need to have my, Big Mike McCarthy on. That dude is so oh, proud to do. be a Yinzer. Do you have his contact? Can we get him on the show? The head coach of the Dallas Cowboys would be a good get, AJ. I, know, I have his info. I don't know if he got a new number or not no. in Dallas. We'll try it. 412 number. number? Same number. I don't know. I got to look. He, he's, not, uh, he, he's not the most, like, he's not an open book with the media, I would say. You're not the media. We're not the media. We're You're McAfee right. and You're Hawk. Right. Sports talk. What's this video? Oh, this is my workout earlier. There's no volume because it's on my... Excuse me. And thank you. Whoa. Thank you. Let's get ready, huh? Do we hit another one, maybe? No way. Oh, yeah. Is he hit two? Look at the oh, kids. What? Quick turn, quick spin, and Whoa. dead. Oh. Dead. Oh. Floating. You didn't even jump. No. That was Who's awesome. Work? Who's not working out, pal? That's midday pump. Were you wearing a harness? Because <laughs> of how high it was? Okay, yeah, because yeah. how easy it looked? No, no, that was just... That I was thought a, it was like Cirque du Soleil. No, yeah, I could see how you could think that. Mm-hmm. And because the Olympics are going to move, you yes. might think that's a gymnast. Yeah. No, that was me. Whoa. That was do, me. You should do floor routine. That was me, right? You should <laughs> see me with the streamer. Oh. The dance streamer thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bummed about the Olympics getting postponed a year. I'm being serious when I say that. I become a massive America disgusting cheering pig during the olympics for america i do i love it sports that i care zero things about any other time i become a fanatic about i love it I, and i hate the judges i love whenever america wins and i'm i'm kind of bummed to be honest that it's got postponed a year i'm definitely bummed it was fun i think everyone enjoys watching the uh the track and field especially like the the 400 uh, <clears throat> the relays the the 100 meter dash obviously 
Was there any? But do you know any Americans that were competing in any events yet? Like, is there anyone that's had that just yeah. has so much hype going into it? Yes. Lolo. Ted Ginn. Lolo, you say Lolo? Is Lolo K- going to jump back Lede- in? Yeah, Lolo Lede- Jones. Katie Ledecky's like the most dominant swimmer of all time. Yep, yep. Chose to go back to school, by the way, instead of going pro after the last Swimming one. Biles. Ted pro Ginn. in what? Swimming. Swimming. Is there a league that I don't know about? Yeah, uh, Coast Guard. You, you don't think Coast Guard. Was that Ashton Kutcher and uh, Kevin Costner? Exactly. Cool. Movie. What the makes pole. a legend? Is it what you do while you're alive or how you're remembered after you're gone? Whoa. Is that from that movie? Yeah, it's like the last screen, I think. Is it called Coast Guard? No. Guardian. No, Guard, yep. The Ashton Kutcher movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's really how do you know the lines from that? Jeez. By the way, for only like real serious movie that I've ever taken serious, and I think I cried in that one. I think I cried in that one because I knew that son of a bitch was down there saving people's lives. I knew he was down there. The Guardian. I got some Did you watch? Have you seen too. Yellowstone with Kevin Costner? Yeah. Is that the one where he's dancing with wolves? No, it's a TV mm-hmm. show. There's a movie called Dancing, Dancing with, with Wolves, Wolves that he did so. 30 years ago. Yeah. But Deadpool. Yellowstone takes yeah. place without, like a big ranch in Montana. It's legit. It's basically Avatar. Same plot line, basically. Dancing <laughs> with Wolves, not Yellowstone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dancing with Wolves, they said, is the same plot line as Avatar. I don't know. It's like four hours long. I know that, but I don't know it's if it's the same. I'd have to go back and rewatch Dancing with Wolves. Oh, yeah. uh, don't, just watch Avatar again. Yeah, it's the best movie of all time. I don't know. No, I disagree with that. Until but, Avatar yeah. 2. Really? I think our fencing team was supposed to be really good for the USA team. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on Kellogg's. Yeah. Karate was supposed to be good. Always. Our karate is, wrestling, is wrestling in the Olympics? Was it supposed to be this year? Uh, uh, so. It got kicked out, I think. Yeah. For golf. But is it coming back? Was it coming back? Golf was happening instead of wrestling? Yeah, I'm was pretty it, sure that happened. Wasn't rugby sevens They did golf happening? last time. Oh, yeah, rugby Kutcher sevens always happens. Kucher? Everything. Kutcher? What's his name? Cooch. Ashton. Yeah. Kutcher? Ashton? Kooch got like a, I think he slid into like a bronze medal yeah, in the did. last Olympics in Brazil. Kucher's in the Olympics? We yeah. didn't win? We didn't win the golf? No, Justin Rose did. Who's Never, that? Where's he from? He's England. Yeah. Oh, come on. That guy doesn't even know golf. Our table tennis team, it looks legendary, by the way. Our table tennis team has no shot unless they get Frank Caliendo in there. True. <laughs> oh, they do have a shot. Oh, what? Oh, come on. Elaborate, please. They're all wearing the uh, the dodgeball uniforms. You always have a shot when you're wearing dodgeball uniforms. <laughs> Average Joe's. Well, these are our, this is our team. That's our, that's our table tennis team. Oh, yeah. yeah. Next year, they'll be playing table tennis against the rest of the world. That might as well be a... a, a Winter Olympic sport, I feel like. It doesn't matter. It's indoors. Uh, tennis. Uh, table. Tennis. Table. Indoors. I agree. I'm on ping, your side. It's called ping pong, but yeah. Do you call it cornhole or bags in Ohio? It's absolutely cornhole, 100%. Thank okay, you. yeah, you're right. you're right. You're right. The bags are filled with corn. And they put them in a hole. Therefore, it is cornhole. Easy. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yep. If you pull one of those bags in the microwave, it's turning yeah. popcorn. Pop, 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 pop. Squirrels will eat them. Yeah, squirrels will eat them. It might. What did Deshaun Watson do, Pat? He's liking tweets or something about Bill O'Brien? Going to New about England. going to New England. Yeah, he liked a tweet about going to New England. Somebody made a joking tweet about Bill Belichick watching this all happen down there with the Texans and saying, oh, he's coming here. He liked that tweet. And then he also quoted uh, Emotionless by Drake, uh, which is basically saying you don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to make it out of here clean. Oh. Can't even keep track of who plays for the other team. Oh. Iconic duos, rip and split, it seems. Ha. Good-hearted men. 
Doing something is the next line. Being real mean. No. Woo. No, it's something, no. The next line, though, it says good-hearted men, like, making a bad decision of some sort. I forget how he words it. And I think that's what he might have been referring to, Billy O'Brien trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Good-hearted men making bad decisions. I think that's what he was referring to. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. What a weird time. Like, the fact that people, we report on things that people retweet and like on Twitter and Instagram, it's a weird time, I think. Well, that's how you got to get to the bottom of stories these days. If people won't tell the media anything, you got to watch what they're doing in private. What you do in the dark will come to the light. And if you're liking tweets and those those tweets are messaging from your brain that you can't say, we are here to report it. That is our job at McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. He liked the tweet by Tyler Conway that says, I'm just saying you could do better. Tell me, have you heard that lately? Which is another Drake quote, and it's Bill Belichick on the phone on a sideline, which is illegal, but Deshaun Watson <laughs> liked the tweet, which means Deshaun Watson found that comical. Does that mean Deshaun Watson wants to be a New England Patriot? Yep. We'll never know, at least for another year. But what does Deshaun Watson and Houston Texans look like going forward without his number one weapon and Billy O's stage pulling a trigger? <laughs> I mean, good luck. He's got to be upset. He, I mean, the fact they brought Randall Cobb in, which Randall's good. What David Johnson's the running back now. He Ooh. hopes to revive his career. They better hope that they can ground and pound, as you say, and then let, let Deshaun use his athleticism and push the ball down the field. And Randall still has plenty of plenty of juice left. I feel like so. You lose one of the most dynamic, iconic receivers in the league, though, that you willingly traded away. That was for a bag of balls. And doesn't he? I understand the Bill O'Brien, DeAndre Hopkins saga that's kind of gone on, the what the allegations that have been made. But oh, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, when you listen to teammates speak and everybody else, it seems like he is like the model citizen, yeah. like the model teammate that yeah. raises everyone's level around him. He's a great dude. And you know in that receiver room, Pat, if your number one stud player is on board and he's a good influence, it has a gigantic impact on that team. Massive news. Massive news. I got a chance to watch Reggie Wayne, obviously, with T.Y. Hilton. Reggie had Marvin, and then T.Y. became that guy. That wide receiver room is one where you need a guy that can lead by example in there. That is something you really need because wide receivers, always very athletic, always very talented, have always kind of relied on their athleticism. And in the NFL, it doesn't always work like that. In the NFL, you have to be able to run good routes. You have to put in the extra work with your quarterback. You have to go to the jugs machine. You have to be able to read a defense. You have to do a lot of things. And in that position, it's not always something that is a desired job. So whenever you see an OG do it, who's very, very good, you see like, okay, that's how this works. I got to continue to do that. And I, I think that is a, a valuable resource to have on your team. Now, granted, the Cardinals now have Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that is a wealth of riches for the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. But with the Texans, it's like, I don't know what the hell they do going forward. I have no idea what they do. You know who they should sign? Ted Ginn Jr. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah. I interviewed Ted Ginn Jr. this morning, and I am a t you were teammates with him. I I would like Ted Ginn Jr. to be on the Colts. I would like Ted Ginn Jr. to be on the Packers. I would like Ted Ginn Jr. to be on the Patriots. Yeah. Maybe the Texans. I want to see Ted Ginn have great success next year. That guy was awesome this morning. All those teams make a lot of sense, but when you mentioned the Patriots, I guess I didn't think about it until now. They could get Ted on a relatively cheap deal, one or two years. And the dude can still fly. We know that. Like, he can still stretch Throat. the defense and open some things up. But it seems like a no-brainer for the Patriots to go out there and kind of no get a, a value signing in Ted Ginn. I agree. And by the way, Ted Ginn, I'm, he said, I'm not chasing rings. I'm not chasing money. I just want to play ball, man. I just want to play ball. 
Got to respect it. He's what year? He's been in fourteen years now. Thirteen. Next year would be his fourteenth. He, he was an awesome interview. Mm-hmm. He was an awesome. In- I've had to punt him before. He was a nightmare, a, a, a nightmare. Whenever he was back there, because he was just faster than everybody. Always was. Now, granted, yeah, I, played, I played with Ted in college. I watched him take plenty of kickoffs back and punts at any time, and the stadium would. Well, you know when you have like an, an electric returner like that, oh. and the the opposing team is punting, and you're the oh. home team receiving. The whole crowd like there's this weird. Like nervous, anxious energy that builds up with the whole crowd. And like, all right, man, get, just give them one. Give them a chance. Don't put that out of bounds. And the dude's going to make 30 people miss and score. You should feel that, what it's like to be on the other side of that. <laughs> you know, like you're well, jogging. Well, I kind of have. Because I played against Hester. I think my first game ever in my life, I think Hester took the kickoff for a touchdown. He may have taken a punt back on us, too. <laughs> jogging on the field, though, and the returner's jogging on, right? And the returner just does one of these to the crowd, right? The whole crowd is like... Damn right. <laughs> now it's fucking showtime, pal. Get that punt off and then watch this guy go to work. Tyreek Hill. <sighs> Antonio Brown. There's another one. Why would you ever punt to any of those guys? That's like like I said in the other show with you. Punt this one out of bounds. When it's a guy like that, who cares? We'll give why, up the, the 10 you, or 12 yards. Why don't you middle linebackers just run through the offensive line and blow up every single run? Like, why don't you guys do that? Because <laughs> then they'll just hit a little pop pass right over the top in the middle. Oh, is that right? No, before I'm like talking about Troy Polamalu reading the snap count, blowing up the offensive line, and tackling the quarterback or the running back before the play even gets started. Why don't you guys do that every play? You, it, you can't really do it every single play. Troy is one of the best ever, but you can. Uh, you're worried about stats when it comes to, to uh, punting. You could technically, you are that good. You could punt the ball out of bounds every single time in a game if you want it, but it'll kill your stats and kill your chance for postseason honors and all of this stuff. Excuse me. My job is to control field position. Why would we potentially lose out on the 13 to 15 yards of field position because you guys are scared for me to keep the ball in the field of play? Now, we would play the fair catch game. We wouldn't kick it out of bounds. I actually wasn't that great at kicking it out of bounds, to be honest with you. It wasn't my thing. I mean, I was like top five and punts out of bounds, I think, every year. But top three, like, punts not returned ever. But, but what I'm saying is it's not as easy as it looks just to kick it out of bounds. You've got six foot five, six foot six guys sprinting in your face from either side. It's not easy just to do that, AJ. We should dispel that myth right here on McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I punted in high school. I have a little bit of an idea of what that feels like. I didn't have those type of athletes rushing. rushing <laughs> but yeah. Hey, um, Cameron Newton going to the Chargers, you think? Yeah, that or the Dolphins seems kind of an intriguing place for me. Doesn't Cam seem like he'd fit in great in Miami or L.A.? Like, he loves the spotlight. He's got his own language that he writes in on Instagram. Like, why not? I don't know. For some reason, I don't see Miami because I feel like they're going to get Tua. And Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua are going to be a duo this year, in my head. Cam Newton going to the Chargers just feels like the right move for everybody. What he, kind of deal does he get, though? What, do you, what kind of contract do you have to give to get Cam Newton on your team? It's going to have to be what he thought he was going to get make already, which was 21 or $22 million, I think. But, how many, so, but it, no one's going to give him like a five-year deal. You, what, two or three maybe? I think it's a two-year, like $44 million deal or something like that. And kind of prove to us that you're healthy and your arm's good and you're going to get back to the, the cam of old. Yeah, that's what I think is going to have to happen. And I think, by the way, that's a good deal for Chargers and a good deal for Cam Newton. If Cam Newton hates it and wants to get out of there in two years, he's out. If Cam Newton loves it, bang, you can re-up after this year. I mean, it's a, that seems like the right deal. $44 million, though, is a lot less than Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees at this point. So will you accept that? Probably not, I'd assume. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe what about, yeah, I guess if they feel like 
Do you think Tua plays this year? Is he able to? Do you think he starts on the pup list, or is he going to be able to go? Hey, that video of him. I think we have that video. That video he posted last night wearing Adidas shorts, Adidas shirt, and Nike shoes. Yeah, so he doesn't have a deal yet? What are we doing? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering, too. Maybe because he went to a Nike school, he's letting Adidas know, like, hey, although I'm wearing the Nike cleats right now because they're most comfortable, I could wear Adidas. And his movement in that drill looked very good. His hip surgery was the one that allegedly took Bo Jackson out of his athletic career. Modern science with medical has obviously moved a lot forward, but he looked very good right there. I think this is going to change the draft completely. I think people are going to trade up to go get him. Not that they weren't before, but I think this video on Twitter that doesn't even show a completion, by the way, just shows his footwork, I think completely changes the game. A lot of people are thinking moving forward. Yeah, so it's March 24th where he probably did that on March 23rd. I just wonder how far ahead he is of the schedule that I guess people thought he, where he would be right now. The fact that he's moving, I don't care. He's always going to be able to throw. The fact that he can move like that on the hip, that's what would be encouraging for me if I was thinking about drafting the guy. i got to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. I saw someone on Twitter say that the – One or two. Which one? Where are you, what, what are you doing? He didn't say. He, he didn't want to answer that. The real oh, issue. Man. Hopefully, I wish he had a lav mic and he kept it on. <laughs> <laughs> the real issue with two in his hip isn't uh, if he can come back; it's if he can sustain and be durable with it. Because I guess Dennis Pitta had something similar, and his hip popped out again, and that's what forced him to retire. Yeah, well, Dennis Pitta, I remember, man, it was sad. Like he, every time he would make a comeback, it would pop out again, and it seemed like it was so painful. Like you felt for the dude. So that Tua has a similar thing to that. That's what I read. Yeah, I wonder, man. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what that's a tough decision. Like, do you trust? And also, who's going to be able to get their hands on him and really check him out right now? Right now? No one. No one before the draft. I saw they're using third-party docs. They're letting you use third-party docs. But teams are obviously going to want to get their own guys and get their hands on well, didn't they, they just said now, didn't the league just come out and say, no, you can't even go see any doctor now in person? You can't yes. do physicals? Yeah. But they can't so, use, you can't use third-party. Oh, you can't. Okay, so wherever Tua is, say he's in Alabama or wherever, work out, he can go to a doctor there, though. Yes. You just can't see, like, you obviously can't go to an NFL facility and see their team doc. Correct. No. Okay. So nothing really changed then? No. AJ, I was I, duped. I asked this to Pat earlier. Would you rather have Tua with his injury history or Cam with his injury history? If you're like, say you're the Chargers and you think you get up and get Tua, or would you rather just sign Cam as a free agent? I would probably side with Tua right now because Cam has his arm. He throws different now from what he used to when he had shoulder surgery. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how like anytime a quarterback has any kind of throwing arm issue, like Mariota has the, the elbow nerve damage type thing. Like that's what scares me Tua, if his hip pops out. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a rough thing if it continues to happen. But if his arm stays healthy and, he, and he's somewhat mobile, I would feel confident with Tua. And then, like, this video comes out, and he, and he looks pretty healthy. If he would have never got injured, would he have been ahead of Burrow? So now that this healthy video comes out, is there any chance that like, the Bengals start thinking maybe two over Burrow? Wow. I mean, if this one video can sway the Bengals or other teams that much, <laughs> it's a crazy thing to think of. I don't know, man. It seems like Burrow is the, the number one without question, but who knows, man? It's the Bengals. They I mean, may trade out of the pick. It's something to think about because literally two months ago, if he before three months ago, however long it was, if he doesn't get hit, it doesn't get hurt. Like we probably have no idea what the Bengals are doing at number one. Yeah, I guess you're right, but yeah, where were where were people? Be, what week? When did Tua get hurt? It was like November. November, yeah. 
November. How did people view the number one overall pick between him and Burrow at that time before Tua got hurt? Well, I know at the beginning, towards the beginning of the season, it was like tank for Tua because Burrow hadn't come on yet. I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure where they were ranked when Tua got hurt, though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I There's no telling like who's going to be the better pro, but it seems like Joe Burrow checks all the boxes. But, hey, man, it also comes down to what the situation they're put in, the team around them, the coaches around them. And both te- both these guys are going to be going to teams that are somewhat rebuilding, so it's going to be tough for either of them. But it does doesn't it seem like Tua to Miami just seems like comfortable? It seems right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean him being from Hawaii, I think that's a natural conclusion. It definitely makes put sense. Put him in that climate, put him in that environment, put him in a couple yeah, commercials know. down there. Have him with Fitzpatrick; he can learn too. Uh, it just feels like Miami is the spot for Tua. Yeah, it does. I just wonder what the Patriots are going to do. Stidham? Stidham's the guy, right, Connor? Stidham's the guy. I love Stidham. He's basically a white Cam Newton. Uh, But we'll see. They might trade (laughs) up and try and protect him, maybe get him a weapon. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's Okay, so we'll ask Pat about it when he gets back. So the L.A. Rams, they are set up awfully, like terrible for the future. When's their next first-round pick, like 2024? Yeah, it was like two or three years from now. Like, aren't they – they have all these cap issues. They don't have any draft picks coming up. They just they, – however they structured everything, when they paid Goff and Gurley, it just screwed the rest of the roster, I feel like. Obviously, Aaron Donald's a stud. He should get a billion dollars. But who? how do you bring anybody else in? Well, they paid Donald. They paid Brandon Cooks, yep, too. And now they got to pay Jalen Ramsey. So are they going to give him a long-term deal? They have to, right? They yeah. gave up two first-round picks to get him. You have to keep that investment there at least. Jeez, how do they – Feel they're done. Team, like they're how, done. How do they with the, with the cap? They just seem they're going to have to get Goff to restructure his deal have soon. To. <laughs> we just heard we just heard Pat yell. Oh my what god! Happened? So I don't know. It must have. Not, not sure. We're not sure what happened in there. He should have taken the the remote mic with him. I don't think I don't think that's what you wanted. <laughs> He's back now. What's going on, boys? <laughs> I heard you all talking. Rams are screwed. Got a new logo. Got no money. They just paid Whitworth 30 mil. I mean, Three years, 30 mil. He's like 38. I mean, he's, he's a stud. I play with him in Cincy. He, he was like the, the governor, the mayor. He, everyone, he's the old savvy vet. But, man, how do they keep paying guys? They, I, they don't. They, they don't. They got Todd Gurley. Got to get him out. They had the highest running back contract at one point, the highest quarterback contract, and the highest uh, D-tackle contract. And, no, they yeah, but they had three of the highest contracts in the NFL at one point on one roster, and that was a fun, that was a fun run they had. But boy, you just can't spend money like that and then expect the team to keep going, you know. Well, especially if, you, I mean, the jury's out if golf is the the answer if he's the franchise guy for you. It seems yeah. crazy. I know Pat can't hear me because he's changing batteries again in his battery pack. Pat AJ's talking shit about golf. He said he's just not. Come on now. Well, you weren't. No, I said, well, said the jury's still, still out. If golf is the dude. answer at quarterback, like if he's oh. your franchise ten to twelve year guy to, to take you to the promised land, take you back and get a win, I just took that as a slight. I don't know if Jared Goff is a guy. By the way, I I, th- I thought. Now I've been saying this for a couple of years, and I got laughed out of the building when I first started saying it. And the Rams were the team that I referred to because they had a quarterback on a rookie contract. They were able to build this super team, super team. I mean, you, you they had studs from all over. Wade Phillips was running the defense that had like four or five first-round draft picks in it. I mean, the offense was loaded across the board. Then they had to pay Jared Goff, and then everything went downhill. 
Look at the Seattle Seahawks. Whenever Russell Wilson was on his rookie contract, they were able to pay up everybody around him. They obviously went to a couple of Super Bowls, won a couple of Super Bowls or whatever. Then whenever they paid Russell Wilson, they went downhill. So I said the model was going to be you get a cheap quarterback and you build up a super team around them, and then you recycle and restart. And everybody's like, well, you can't do that because if you get a good, good quarterback, you have to pay him. You have to pay him. You have to pay him. Well, if that good quarterback isn't an elite quarterback, isn't a quarterback that can win games all by himself without anybody else, then you're basically just leveraging and hemorrhaging cash against yourself with paying that quarterback and your team has no chance. I think Goff is the test subject of that for both sides of it. Whenever they had a super team, they were very good, very relevant going to Super Bowl. Now, next year, they lose Todd Gurley, one of the most, you know, he's good running back, whatever happened last year with his degenerative knee and all that stuff. They lose him, probably going to lose Brandon Cooks. Will that team be able to survive? And I don't think they will be able to. Now, it's not just golf. There's other big contracts as well. But that team, with their new logo, new stadium, is about to have a very new normal, which was the old normal, which is I think they're going to stink. And I, I don't like it because I like Aaron Donald a lot. And I like a couple, but I, I think they're going to stink. I don't think they have enough to really field a good team at this point. And I think it's because of the way the contracts were set up that they went all in. And then now you're, you know, kind of fucked. Yeah, they went all in. They didn't win. They got to the Super Bowl and they, they lost the, the barn burner with the Patriots. What was the final score? 13 to three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 10 3 or 13? 13 3. Yep. 13-3. What a weird Super Bowl that was. But so Great are you worried about the Chiefs then moving forward once they pay Pat Mahomes 200 mil? The Chiefs only have like $555,000 in cap space right now or something like that. Mm-hmm. They're like the least cap team in the league right now, somehow. And there's still conversations about them extending Patrick Mahomes, and they don't have to until at least next year. But if Patrick Mahomes is a guy, by the way, that I think, I think he can, I think Pat Mahomes is a guy you keep in your in your facility. Oh, well. you think so? You think he's a guy that can win on his own? You <laughs> I think, think he's you're really, a guy. You're really taking a stand there. I'll, t- I'll do a hot take right now. I think Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys who can win a game by himself. Whoa! But I clip do it. Th- guys, clip it. I wow. do think though. It'll be interesting to see that team after they pay him and have to pay other people. What happens with it? Because that's the that's the tale of the NFL. You start having success, everybody starts getting wanted in jobs, more money. Obviously, teams that can withstand that are impressive. Which takes us back to the Patriots being good for twenty years, probably never happening again for anybody else. That's why it was cool for you to be a part of that, Connor, in a positive light. But now you're going to probably experience what the Detroit Lions fans have had to experience. No, <laughs> no, we got Stidham. Stiddy is the guy. Did I hear him yeah, say I he, you said he was a white Cam Newton? Yeah, yeah he yeah, is. He is that. the white Cam Newton. Yeah. Why? Why, why is everything about race? Why are you writing Brian Hoyer off? That dude signed. He's going to get a chance to start and, and Wild Hoyer the job. is 85 years old. I mean, I, we need the future here. Knows the offense. Veteran. Coach on the field. Stinks. Does stink. First he will be a great mentor for Stidham, he's, the he's future tough. of the league. Coach's kid. He threw a good ball last year. He just threw it to the other team. You know, that, that, that was the thing. When he played for the Colts, he threw a good ball. I liked his... You know, his moxie, it seemed like he was ready to go. He just threw it to the other team all the time. I'm like, why is this guy throwing the ball to the other team? You're right, though, Pat. That is definitely the motto, especially now when rookie contracts are kind of slotted and you're not getting 50 mil guaranteed right off the bat if you're the number one overall pick. If you can draft a quarterback, he can start his rookie year, not at the very beginning. Let's say he he steps in halfway through his rookie year. You have like a three-year window where you can bring in some pieces around him and you you hope that that quarterback is a franchise guy that he turns into – $180 $180 million quarterback that you have to pay. It's a great problem to have, but you have like this three-year window when he's on his rookie deal when you're like, hey, man, we need to hit it hard right now because there may be a couple of years of struggle 
once we end up paying this guy and try to figure everything else out. I think in the future we're going to see teams break their quarterbacks' hearts just like Jameis Winston has happened to Jameis Winston with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think we'll see it a lot more going forward where a, a player will get drafted, He'll play good football, not great football, but good football for his first contract. And the team will ultimately decide to move forward, and that player will have to go play somewhere else. I think that's going to happen on a much more regular basis, especially if the tides keep turning in this fashion where anytime you break off a quarterback, it feels as if the team doesn't have as much success as it did before. Absolutely, and think about it. If there's ever a team that's not going to have a – that won't have a quarterback around for 15 or 20 years, again, it's the New England Patriots. What, how how well would you have to play on a rookie deal as a quarterback? Say you're Stidham. Oh, yeah. How great would you have to play for the next two or three years for them to give you one of these quarterback deals? Like, they'll never give you one of those deals. Got to win a bowl. Ever. So, well, Tom, uh, <laughs> win a, a Aqib Tlaib and Rob Ninkovich have told us that the way those conversations go is we don't care what you've done last year. We just want to we're, – we're betting on what you're going to do next year. What if Stidham is just hitting his prime and they think the next year is going to be even better than he was before? Are they going to have to pay him more? Will Bill Belichick somehow end that conversation telling Stidham he's lucky he's even getting offered a half a, a half a million-dollar contract, which is basically how I think those conversations go. I mean well, – yeah, Think of Stidham, though, Pat. Stidham could go in there, play pretty well. He'd say, hey, coach, like if I'm in the open market, uh, I, I can get five years – 150 mil and bill's like okay that's cool um well we are gonna offer you two years seven million dollars with incentives that it could get up to 7.5 so that's how good you are i wouldn't go out there those that offer will fall through whoever you think is giving it to you that's where you are right now and he'll probably sign it yeah you're gonna be playing for a team that's bad at fucking football (laughs) does that make you feel good there why don't you stay here have so much fun you can't handle it and make a lot less money and we're just gonna win you know We'll find you a Brazilian supermodel you can marry. Hey, if you win, you can do whatever you want, though, man. It's true. I give the Patriots credit. Like, if you're winning, you can't really argue with the way they're going about it. Yep. No, just not going to happen ever again. Never. No, it can't happen. It's just we'll almost see. We'll see. impossible. We'll see. Patriots fans, man. It's it's. And there's always the chance that Belichick just spouts out 12 wins next year. Huge chance. Not that huge, but it is a Massive. chance that it happens. And that would be a shame. But if next year they're 7-9... and nine, Eight and eight, nine and seven. Oh no! And then the year after that, again, they're like nine and seven, <laughs> eight and eight. Then the year after that, somebody gets hurt. Maybe they're five and eleven. You know what happens if that starts happening yep. to the Patriots fans? We, as a society, are pumped to watch if that does happen. But also, we have lived through a time where they have been nothing but successful for the last what twenty years. Mm-hmm. So if their success continues, I guess we'll be able to manage as well. But they're going to be louder than they've ever been if they go and win without Tom Brady. Oh, it'll be amazing to hear. I mean, I, I can't write them off. I can't sit here and say the Patriots aren't going to be any good. But also another quarterback I wanted to think about for the Patriots possibly drafting. What about Jordan Love out of Utah State? Big, tall, athletic dude with a live arm. They probably would have to move up a little bit in the first round to get him, but. I, I could see them getting a little excited about Jordan Love. What about Julian Edelman then? Uh, what about him? Julian Edelman, live arm, big game oh. experience, athlete. Mm-hmm. Put him at quarterback. He knows the offense. Knows the offense. Yeah. <coughs> yep. <He did> it <laughs> <in college. laughs> Excuse me, AJ. <coughs> oh, oh no! Okay? Oh, oh no! AJ. All those people oh. choking, choking, not coughing. Okay. Been there. 
How about the Colts saying no to Tom Brady? Have we talked about that enough yet? Did, do you really think there was – do you think Tom's people, Don Yee, I believe, is his agent. Do you really think Don Yee reached out and was like, hey, uh, just gauging your interest. Old Tommy would love to strap it up in the old white and blue. Peter King, uh, Peter King's a legendary journalist. He's not just going to report things that aren't facts. Nope. You're right. Peter's in with Tom, too. Like, Peter gets one-on-ones with Tom. And I, I would assume Peter King wouldn't be very excited – to go back and listen to the show yesterday when you said, oh, well, Peter King's little blog he's writing. Like, Peter King's not a blogger. Peter King is a journalist. All right. Just show me numbers of how many people read it. That's all I care about, Peter King. That's all I care about. Just show me the numbers, dude. Just show me the numbers. So if a ton of people aren't reading it, are you saying, is it not good then? No, I'm just saying, if he wants to disparage blogging as if it's not good enough for him, we could probably show him about four blogs that probably get 50x the amount of reads that his get. Well, what exactly is it? What's the difference between a blog and a story? That's, I don't know. I have no idea. I guess I have no idea. The human it's coming from, I, got, I don't know. I have no idea. Like me Younger saying, people blog, older people write pieces. Well, in his piece, he needs to understand that if it's a blog, it's a compliment. That's not a knock. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a knock at all. I'm just saying I, I would imagine that's something that he would have never envisioned anything that he wouldn't be considered a blogger is what I would say. Peter King got caught up with some fake followers, I think, back in the day. Did he? He was buying followers? I think so. So people actually do that? I guess. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Ray Lewis caught, like, what, a $400,000 oh, yeah. oh, drop yeah. or 400000 follower drop in one day. Ooh. <laughs> See you later. Does it actually help to, to buy followers? I guess it makes you look like you're important. I guess in the short term it could. Like, say you're going to do a marketing deal and that kind of stuff matters if you buy 400,000 followers and then – some company comes in, they don't really do your they do their homework and like check engagement or whatever of your social media, and they're like, okay, dude's got four million followers and gets two retweets for every tweet he has or something. Like I would imagine, if you do your homework, you can figure that out. Yeah, but you got to remember the people that are hiring these people, they don't know what's going on either. I think a lot of people do it as an attempt to get a job with a TV network. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's like actors. Actors all complain about that, where they'll get passed over for. Some young kid that has that was big on Vine and grew a big following on social media on some platform, and they'll hire him to be in a movie because they think all those little kids will come watch the movie. Yeah, that's called being valuable. Yeah, I guess like Tiger King, every person in that documentary is very valuable human. Agreed. Yes. Hey, you watch Tiger King? I I have seen five of the seven episodes. Okay, so you haven't seen it all, but you know enough to talk about it. Tiger King was a godsend in the middle of this COVID-19 quarantine world. A, How long has Tiger King been available on Netflix? Just recently. They just put it up. They just put so it up. So smart. So smart, man. Everybody in this thing is a star. Not just Joe Exotic. Everybody is a star. Every human in there seems like he's a fake or she's a fake human. And the fact that that's a real world, it's kind of alarming for sure, but it's also great entertainment. I mean, Joe Exotic's just singing country music songs with people that have paid to come to his little cat zoo while filming a music video in the middle of it. I mean, the guy is just an electric fan, a despicable individual. I mean, he's done a lot of things in his life that are absolutely despicable. I mean, let's not get crazy. But in the end, the guy was fucking framed. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I don't know what happens in the last two episodes. The first five episodes, I feel like he didn't do a whole lot of despicable things. I mean, maybe I was dozing off in and out throughout some of it, but I don't know. I mean, we can all agree that Joe Exotic isn't like a like a good guy. No, 
He was. He may mean well. I think he means well. Feeding two straight men meth to be married to him and keeping them in a drug coma. Got there yet? I mean, is that in the the last couple episodes or is that early on? I missed it. (laughs) Spoilers. I I think there's going to be some things that come out and be like, (laughs) you know, not a great guy, but. I don't think he was. I think he got framed in the end. Like I don't think Joe Exotic is a a model human that you're like. You know what? This is somebody you should aspire to be like. No, nobody in that entire thing is. But in the end, you really do feel for Joe Exotic in the way he's getting treated in, the, in by society. I hate Carol too. Carol's Carol Carol and Howard uh, need to be on a list to be watched by the government daily. Hello, I mean, kitty cats. That one guy seems like you can model your life after him. Cats and kittens, Doc. <laughs> Doctor Doc, uh, Doc, Doc Antle. Now that guy. I'm only two episodes in, but I like how he directs everything out. He's like he oh, tells me. the camera crew what they're gonna do, and then he just goes into his character. The front door one. Doc Annell is a different animal. I mean, let's not get past Carol Baskins, though. I mean, hello. What, is it one of the first episodes when they say the name Carol Baskin like 38 times in like, first episode in a minute? I was dying laughing. I'm like, who is this lady? And then you learn about this lady. And- um, to be honest, TBH. To be completely candid. I'm bummed that nobody in this office knew about JoeExoticTV.com before this. We should have been watching on a regular basis when Joe Exotic was really starting to hit his prime. You know what I mean? Now we've missed it. We don't even get a chance to see new shows. But JoeExoticTV.com, there had to be at least, what, four or five people watching every single night. I think anyone knew about it. They said the most you ever got to watch was 80 people. Mm -hmm. That's still 80 people. Pretty good, that guy had. And I'm bummed out that Zito didn't find this. Foxy didn't find this. Connor didn't find this. I mean, I am bummed that we we didn't know about Joe Exotic TV whenever it was alive and thriving. It is shocking. Look at that massive cage that that animal has behind her. Jeez. You know... Some people aren't going to love what I'm about to say here, but when she was speaking, her demeanors and her, the way she sounded a lot like a serial killer. Whoa. Well, I'm not going to say what I said then, but I was going to say <laughs> with what you said. Check out well, the, you know what? Before I even, before I learned that she Hillary may Clinton. or she may not like, have like Hillary Clinton. fed him to the Tigers, <laughs> I was like, wow, this lady what? is nuts. What? You can just see it in her eyes. Yeah, spoiler. But, but she... um. Spoiler, a lot of spoilers right here. If you haven't That's seen it, it's fine. I, I mean, I, I don't cake. care. I've watched movies all the time where I know what happens at the end. It's fine. It's still entertaining. By the way, she has answers for everything. She is very good. I mean, when I say she's, she's like a politician, the way she, she had answers for everything and very calm. It helps, it helps to be a sociopath at times in situations like <laughs> that to where it's like absolutely nothing can touch them. Like nothing can touch her. No matter what you say, whatever evidence you show, like she's got an answer. She, there's a reason this happened. And it's like she never even cares like she has no anxiety about any of this stuff wouldn't that be cool to be able to just turn off your conscience be oh. awesome sometimes i i think about that a lot actually people can you do just that. are completely unaware like you have no self-awareness at all and you just do all kinds of things i'm like man i just i don't know people I can't can do bring it. myself to be that person me neither when i'm laying my head on that pillow at night like my conversations with me are i feel like very real and there's some people that can just shut those off. I don't know. Hey, I'm going to sleep. See you later. That didn't do anything. Didn't, didn't fuck over anybody. How about her new husband? Oh, that guy's Howard. the worst. He's, he, like, he's a cock. He's there's super a, cock. There's uh, a new husband? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. God damn it. Diggs, you got to well, watch yeah, Tiger King. First I, I, one is I, I, still missing, technically missing, right? Started last night. Can only get so much in. What else are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? What do you mean? You're supposed to not be doing anything other than watching. Well, you time. get home and you work out and then you make dinner. And by the time that's, it's nine o'clock. Dixie working out. You yeah, have to. Uh, we're maybe having a wedding this summer. Maybe. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
Is Dixie is yours uh, a destination wedding as well? No, but it, it's later. It's the beginning of August, so we're still holding out hope. Yeah, hold out hope. You just just push the chairs apart a little bit for the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> My fiance, by the way, dead set on our our wedding still happening. It will. All right. <laughs> NBA's coming back mid of May, Cuban right. says. So you know what though? It's gonna be good for you, Pat. It'll be cheaper because you won't have to feed all those people because they won't be there. Mm-hmm. True. Flights also very cheap. If everybody wants to get their flights and get full insurance, get refund on that mm-hmm. thing. Or were you planning on paying for some people's flight? Uh hotels. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna pay for hotels for people? Yeah. I might have to I might have to come. Not for you though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I fly private with you? Can I go with you guys? Uh, well, I love birds. I don't think I'm flying private out there either. A private plane to Hawaii? That thing would be $400,000. $400,000. You know Tom Hanks and his wife, so they were in Australia. Yeah, Chet Hayes did another video. Great video by him. Throwing all the Illuminati people. Chet Hayes, his son, did. Parents ain't tripping. So Tom Hanks and his wife were quarantined at a hospital. They've been released from the hospital in Australia. My question is, are they going to try to get back to the States and I started thinking, well, Tom Hanks is money. That dude can fly private. And then I started thinking, how much is a private flight from Australia? Just oh. one way from Australia to America. It would be so much money. In the plane, $70,000? 70000 What do you think? Yeah, like maybe $700,000. No, it depends how big of a plane he's going to get. It's got to be big enough to, to get over there. So probably seat eight to ten people at least he'll need. Eight to ten. You think a plane that seats eight to ten people had enough gas to get to Australia? Yeah. What if what world do you live in? <laughs> yeah, definitely it can. I know there's definitely Do you know planes. the planes how big they are that have to get to Australia? You know why they're they're so big cuz they they the the engines that you have to have to get the know, gas the to tanks. be able you got to carry enough gas to get there, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no it, it would be like probably $750,000, $500,000. It's saying like between like 9,000 and 13,000 per hour. Okay. How many hours? 9,000 to 13. What what plane is that? That's a uh, a midsize to super midsize. There's no way a super midsize would last that long. Yeah, it would. There's yeah. There's there's no people way. I know that you're friends with that that fly in planes like that that go all over. Well, the you world refuel in like Hawaii, ten to twelve. Well, I guess Hawaii to California is what only four hours. So you stop there, and then what's the next one? Twelve hours though. I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's a lot of hours. It's a lot you got to just you got to bite the bullet and pay like the fifteen grand for the first class lay down seat on a commercial flight. Oh yeah, that's what. I, by the way, I love those things. I, it'd be amazing. I, I'm jealous every time I see those people laying down comfortable. <laughs> They're all hopped up on Xanax and edibles and everything, and I'm bingo. Yeah, cramped up trying to walk out of the plane. Why don't you just do the pods, bro? Well, if I was flying like by myself or just myself, and my wife, we would, but. Thank Last you. time I went to London, we took my two of my kids, and there's no chance I'm taking them in first class. Thank you, because the people that put their kids all around me in that pod section deserve to be kicked off the plane while we're at 32,000 feet. I don't need your goddamn kids all around me breathing, sniffling, laughing, crying while I'm trying to be drugged out and sleep in this pod. Yeah, that, I mean, that's one reason I definitely want to be considerate of the people that paid Thank all you. that money to be up there Thank and you. have a pleasant experience. But also, I don't want my kids to think that's even an option. That we get to fly in the the big seats up front. Hmm. All right, whatever your reasons are, I appreciate. Well, I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's tough to it's tough nowadays to make sure your kids aren't too spoiled. I don't think that's a great. I just can't. If we start that, think about it. Then my kids ah. think that's that's what flying is. I'm like, no, this isn't what flying is. I didn't do this till I was 29 years old. I didn't get to fly in first class. Hey, you're a good dad. I want to let you know that. Mm-hmm. No, that has nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm just, worried about my kids being rich and being terrible. 
So that's why I'm going to go broke before I have them. Nice. I have answers. On your answers? On a Gulfstream G4. Yeah, see, that's a big boy. It's a big plane. That's like 20,000 an hour. That's saying what they're saying. Flight time, 16 hours with two stops in Hawaii and Fiji. Oh, uh, estimated cost one way 160 180,000. Yeah, I was way off. I guess I didn't I didn't calculate all the, the amount of hours you'd be in the air. Classic. That doesn't sound like the right price either, by the way. Less than 200 This is from We've L- been we've been getting royally fucked over with This my is a planes. quote from laprivatejets.com. That's from California, yeah. right? Yes, from California to Sydney. Oh, see, so we still have to get another 4 hours, right? So what's that another quarter of that? So another no. six, uh, 250, 250,000. It's not 250 to fly a, a G4 from California to Indy. No, no, no. I was adding on the extra four hours to California, about a quarter of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. They said another quarter mil. Private flying is, it is just not reasonable at all. We had to do it this past fall, and we had sponsors, obviously. Shout out to SeatGeek and Roman. Mm-hmm. But it is not a reasonable thing to do at all. I mean, it is, it is. It's awesome. It's the best thing ever. It is why people who get a taste of money try to maintain a good taste of money so you can fly private because it is so much better than the alternative commercial. But it is not reasonable. They got you by the gut sack every part of the way there. Tipping the pilots, then, you get, then the, the snacks that you eat on board. And then, oh. the, I mean, it just never, it just never ends. It's, it's just uh, sucking money out of you, but incredibly convenient. Incredibly convenient. It's amazing. I mean, I just, my cousin actually is a pilot for Nationwide Insurance. And so he flies like their execs around. He's been doing it forever. And he's like, man, he's like, we got to see this windshield. We had to replace the windshield last year. That was 200K. He's like, don't ever buy a plane. I was like, oh, I never was going to. But it's just unbelievable how much everything costs. We had a lot of those conversations this year about buying a plane instead of renting it from these things. Why don't you just buy hours? Get a card, 50 hours or something. Well, then you're kind of at their. No, you're not. When you need a flight, you just you tell them and they send whatever whatever plane is near you and you don't have to pay all the maintenance and the insurance and everything else. Yeah, but then it could be one of the most small ones. You don't know. You can pick the class of plane you fly in. It depends on the price that you're willing to pay. Yeah, but it's different. Some of them have good Wi-Fi too. Some of them don't have Wi-Fi. I mean, if we're paying for convenience, let's have some convenience. Yeah, I guess. I'm not, I, yeah, I wouldn't be scared to fly in tiny little planes. But Are you, yeah, you, you, you can get in those tiny little planes? Yeah, like how tiny? I mean, I, yeah, I took flying lessons for a while back in the day. I soloed and everything in the tiny 172, Cessna 172. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, Captain Hawk? Hawk in the air! Captain Hawk? Hawk coming in. No, I didn't get my private license. I wish I should. I'm, eventually, I want to, but no, I didn't. I stopped a while ago. Are you good? I, got, I get really sick when I'm – I get really car sick. I get really sick when I'm up there, when I was up there flying, too. So, when you're going to do all these maneuvers, practicing, I'm just – dripping sweat I'm like all right man can you take it for a second and then the instructor would take it and I would land it and just be drenched in sweat and feel awful did you puke up there I never puked in there I puked when I went up with the with the blue angels and the thunderbirds I puked <laughs> the whole time but I didn't puke uh when I was there you flew with it. the blue angels yeah it was rough it was awesome but it was did you do one of the, central did you do a, a stall did you go straight up yeah they yeah hovers right over the I got I got it all on GoPro and everything and then he just shoom like vertical takeoff, it's a, that's just that's nothing compared to what they what else they do. I mean, I puked. I had so many plastic bags of puke tied off in my cargo oh. pants pocket of like your your flight suit they give you. Like I had to get off the plane, and they always have like local media there because they use it as like a PR thing, usually to pub the the air show that's coming up. And I'm just so sweaty, so pale white, with puke all in my my pockets. And I was, oh, it's so much fun. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I did it again then. I did it again a couple years later with the Thunderbirds in Ohio. The Red Bull, uh, did you puke then too? Oh, yeah. I Both times, the flights were about 45 minutes. And the first flight, I started puking four minutes in. The second flight, I started puking six minutes in. Ugh. Why'd you sign up to do it? That's an interesting try to it's micro tough not to, dose. It's tough flying. to say no to something like that. It's really cool. And I, I, each time, like, okay, maybe I can figure this out. But I told him going in, I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to throw up a lot. I'm just letting you know, like, this isn't my thing. And they're like, well, we got some techniques to try to teach you how to how to not throw up. It's really easy. Just look at the horizon. I'm like, okay. That goes up <laughs> <a little> bit. <laughs> the canopy and the sun's just beating on you. Just you're crammed so tight. Like it's awesome. I mean, I would do it again, but man, it was. We got a live rough. photo of AJ right here. Uh, is this him after the flight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it. That guy looks a lot better than I did. Though. Hey, the um, you know the Red Bull Air races that happened? Yeah. So they did one here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and to market that they were doing a Red Bull Air race. They asked if I would get in a plane on a G flight or whatever. And I Googled like a bunch of G flights and it's just a bunch of random local celebrities just bleh, bleh, puking all over the place. The plane does these like quick little spins. They go through the thing. And I'm like, uh, it's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> They're like, oh, you'll love it. It'll be an experience you'll never forget. I'm like, yeah, I bet. And you'll definitely never forget it. But I mean, it's, an, no. it's enjoyable when, like three days after when you finally start feeling normal again. <laughs> It was like the worst. I whenever I came, I got home, just laid on the couch and felt like the worst hangover for two days. Was it a concussion? Did you get a concussion? You think? No, no, no. Never had that. But I wouldn't know what that how that feels. But it definitely you do not feel good for an extended period of time. All right, a couple things here before we get going. Uh, Travis Frederick retired at twenty nine. He said in his retirement letter that when he had to battle against Giron Barre. Yeah, bars, G- Gillian bars, Gillian, Gillian, G- GBS Barry. for sure, GBS. For sure. Uh, a couple years ago, it was a scary situation. Basically, talked about how he had to, f- he was forced to think about life without football and stuff like that moving forward. And he said he basically he's excited. He was excited for life without football, but he had to come back and play after beating it, basically to prove something to himself. And uh, he's decided at the age of twenty nine to retire. And I guess a lot of people are saying things. He was out 2018. They weren't great in 2018. He was back last year. There was a lot of success ran behind Travis Frederick. Dak Prescott's pocket obviously was a lot better last year with Travis Frederick. And this is going to be a big loss for them moving forward. Shout out to Travis Frederick uh, retiring and enjoying life, hopefully going forward and being able to focus on different things. And also now to Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys who have to fill a massive hole at the middle of their offensive line. Yeah, he's a, this dude's a stud. And I think at least in Dallas, people know how good he is. People that follow the Cowboys closely. But I don't think as a whole, like the national viewing audience knows how good Travis Frederick really is. Like this dude's a stud. You what? said the numbers are right. What makes him so good? What makes a, like a center better than other centers? You know, we talked to Mangold about it. It's true. Like, first off, they got to be super smart. Like the, the great centers are crazy, weirdly smart in like all things. Like Corey Lindsley plays center for the Packers. He's an Ohio State guy. I didn't know him until he got to Green Bay. I only played one year with him. Corey's a stud, but Corey is one of the most, like, uniquely weird, smart dudes. His wife would tell us, like, yeah, like, all of a sudden, Corey just started drinking scotch. Like, I went outside, and he's reading some novel, drinking scotch, smoking a cigar on the balcony. Like, Corey's just a, a weird dude that knows everything about everything, but he's real dry and really fun. But especially, like, you got to have that first mentally to be able to make the calls if your quarterback needs some help with it as far as protections and see things and help everyone on both sides of you. But then you also have to have the physical skills. Like, to put it all together like that, it's a special guy. 
like he was and, and is. But it's going to be – I don't know. We'll see what ha- what the Cowboys do. But, man, that's not easy to replace a dude like that. No, not easy at all. We know a center. He's not smart. No. Mm-mm. Who? <laughs> A.Q. Shipley. Yeah. I think he I bet he's I bet he's a lot smarter than you think. <laughs> he does have opinions. <laughs> yeah. Who would you say Pat, if you had to high football back, IQ. High football. high football IQ on AQ Shipley. High Absolutely. And he's by the way, the lightest he's ever been. He's squatting in the garage. He's ready to itch and to get back onto a team. He's a current free agent looking to make a run, and he'll do that. But I, I don't know if his smarts are what's got him to where he's at right now, AQ. I bet he has a very high football IQ, but I wanted to oh, ask yes. you, Pat. By the way, I wanted to ask you. hold on. Whenever I would oh. go do games, I'd be like, AQ, is there any way you can look at this and tell me why this is happening? And I'll get a full text back from AQ. It's like, uh, their defensive line, whenever they shift over to here, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. It made me look like a genius. So his football IQ, I think, is next level. But when it comes to this like intelligent life, I, I, no signs. No, I don't. No I, I believe he's smart. And good for you for for doing some research like that. That's what you do when you're calling a game. Like you know, another valuable asset is say you're doing a college game. If you somehow get connected to some of the local beat writers or radio hosts in the area that are embedded with those teams, talk to them because they know those teams better than anybody on the planet, pretty much, and they can tell you all the ins and outs on like the weird things going on, so you can have some info for the game. That's smart because I just did no research. Well, you're kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of guy, right? Yeah, bingo. Everyone prepares differently, so whatever works for you. But it might be good. To, it's, every once in a while, it's good to have that knowledge back there. You may not use it, but it's good to have it. I checked everybody's Twitter. I checked the players' Twitter accounts. I want to see what they got going on. This is my research. Check the Twitter accounts. Sometimes I get a message from AQ telling me why something's happening. And then my meeting with the coaches the day before is where I would try to learn everything. Those meetings would be like three, four hours long. Long conversations with them. You had that long conversations with the coaches? Oh, yeah, they were long. long they long. love you then because they usually don't go that long. <sighs> Every time we go into a coach, you're like, this coach normally doesn't talk that much, so let's see what we can get out of him. Then two hours into this thing, we can't get the guy to shut up. If you That's had good. A- that means they, they like talking to you. But I wanted to ask you quick, Pat. Oh, yeah, sorry. If you had to look at a position, offense, defense, special teams, what's what would be the, the overwhelming – dumbest position on the field like group of individuals that you wouldn't want walking your dog well it depends now are we is it for jeopardy no just in life just everything not not, i'm not talking like book smarts or school smarts or i'm talking like everything like someone that you wouldn't i've always said the most entertaining room no matter what building you go into is the defensive line room you go into the d-line room that is the most entertaining room but i would let them walk my dog i would do all always having so much more fun than everybody else. everybody they they are so much happier than everybody the d-line room the o-line's miserable and they all mess with each other and they're they fart and they dip spit all over and they're always miserable and the d-line is always having so much fun so much more fun than everybody else i think the d-line is the most fun room but I'm not signing them up for the Jeopardy. By the way, not signing punters and kickers up either. I think the quarterback room is the one you send into a Jeopardy challenge just because normally that's their thing. They're into that type of stuff. That's the brain style that you got to have. But I think D-line is the most fun room. I, I, I'm not 100% sure that that they'd be the ones we'd send out there for a Jeopardy, Jeopardy contest. Yeah, probably not. Or, yeah. Yeah, I'll... 
I know Aaron went on Jeopardy, and I think he won. He won crushed pretty big. And by the way, when we interviewed him, the 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 line, the statement that was said was, he would like to see how he fares against the non other celebrities. He'd like to go against the everyday nerds that go up on Jeopardy in their Super Bowl. Yeah, have you have you ever been in the room with somebody? that loves Jeopardy so much and so annoying because they sit there and you're having a conversation and they answer the questions. Like they'll be talking to you or in the room and then they're answering the Jeopardy questions as I'm like, all right, man, like this is annoying. Like that's Aaron every day. I think he loves Jeopardy. Believe it or not. I've never really hung out with anybody that knows most of the answers to Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Me. I've never hung out with somebody that knows most of the answers. If somebody gets one or two right around me, normally pretty like if Sam and I, my lady and I, if we get two to three right around, we feel very, very good about the board. Very, very good about the board. I couldn't even fathom being around like Mr. Rogers, or I think Ty probably even is like, "Eh, what is 1947? Ding, bing, Trebek. That is correct. Yeah. I do got a good read on when it's a daily double, though. Really? What, really? What yeah. do you mean? You know where those spots are on the board? Uh, I feel like I have a pretty good read of where they're at. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I... Uh, minesweeper, you know, I feel like I kind of have a good read. And then when Trebek's voice, he get, he has a tell, obviously, that it's going to be a daily double. I, I think I'm pretty good at that, but th- that is one particular game show that I would fail miserably at on a very rapidly. I would fucking stink at Jeopardy. You know you wouldn't fail, though. So I know Peyton turns down just endless money for the Monday Night Football gig, which million a year. you're still in the running for, obviously. Why don't you throw your hat in the ring eventually, maybe five, ten years from now, to become Jeopardy's host when Trebek steps down? I'll tell you what, I couldn't see them nerds get more mad than me getting <laughs> hired to take David or Alex Trebek's spot. Well, we can't replace Alex Trebek. They should look at it like this. We can't replace him. He's one of a kind. Like The guy's amazing. He's a machine. Everyone loves him. Universally yeah. loved. He's like The Rock. Basically. Pat Sajak doesn't like him. Pat Sajak, maybe there's a bit of a rivalry there. there so Pat is. may want to take that job eventually if he wants, but why not? They, they're going to say, we can't find another Alex Trebek. It's Alex, right? Not Alec? Are you kidding me right now? Oh, come on. AJ. Come on. He's one of a kind, you say. Alex. Alex Trebek. It is Alex. I Alex saw a picture is a bold of Alex Trebek earlier today. Hmm. But what I'm saying, Pat, Alex. they can't replace Alex or Alec. We're not sure. Jury's still out. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. I hate to do out. this. Brian Cranston would be really good. Really? There we go. Walter White. I didn't watch I didn't watch his show, but me neither. Me neither. So slow. The first like two episodes. No, just wait. Episode forty seven, it really picks up. <laughs> oh, I can't get there, but I can't do any of that stuff. People try to get me to watch stuff. I assume it's very good. I respect the art. They get so mad at you too, don't uh, they? Yeah. No, you gotta give it a chance. Say you gotta my name. Do it. Well, They've given up though. The people have given up on on even like my lady. She'll just blow, she'll just watch an entire series without even asking if I'd want to watch it, and she'll go, "Oh, you would have hated it." It's like, how do I? Know? Maybe I wanted to learn about the crown. So then we start watching it, get about an episode in. I'm like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> She's like, I knew it. I knew you would hate it. I knew you would hate it. Same stuff happens with everything though. It happened with Breaking Bad. It happened with The Sopranos. I tried my best. It's everything that I would like The Sopranos. I love the Italian culture. I am Italian. I like mobsters. I like all that stuff. Couldn't get into it because it was so slow. House of Cards I got into, though, because I was uh, forced to be in my bed after a surgery and I didn't have the remote. So I was like forced to watch, like actually forced to watch it. And I got through the entire it was season. Good. And it I was, was like, good. all right, here we go. I'm in. I, I Now I felt what everybody else felt, you know, like I felt like, oh, I get why people get so excited for a new season and all that shit. Well, House of Cards was smart because they didn't wait to have like some 
impactful things happen. I feel like Kevin Spacey pushed the girl in front of the train like episode two or episode one. Yeah, but you got to remember. killing people. They started that thing with him strangling a dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, they did? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have left immediately, but I couldn't find a remote. So Why'd you kill the dog? I got hit by a car. It was the neighbor. Oh, I, I don't remember that part about it. Oh, but that's yeah, the first scene. Kevin Spacey blew that show up. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can't watch it. But no, what I'm saying, you should be the next Jeopardy host because we can't replace Alex Trebek, but we can get bring in like the opposite young, exciting guy. Family feud though. When Ooh. Steve Harvey's done, Steve I Steve Harvey's I, the man though. He's so good at that. I agree. I agree. And whenever he's done, whenever he's done, I would like a shot at that. Ten years from now, fifteen years, whenever it is, family feuds where I would like to What about the price is right? I know uh supposedly when What's old man Bob Drew Barker Carey. was leaving? Supposedly they, they were trying to come after Herb Street to have him take over. The price is right. Why didn't Herbie take that? I don't know. I really don't. It would have been a lot of money and a nice secure gig. Could have brought it back. Yeah, Drew Carey's still hosting that show. And ain't nobody watching. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's still on, right? Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Sucks. Cleveland's going to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Cleveland's going to win the Super Bowl this year? Why not? Let's get on the bandwagon again. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl. Oh, man. It's going to be fun. Hopefully the, hopefully the season starts on time. So fun. Are you worried, though, that Tom's not going to get the time with his receivers like he needs? No, nah, Tom will always put in the virtual work that he has to put in. They'll <laughs> be running routes on air. They'll be running routes. He'll be ready. You think Baker's going to be able to get the work in now with COVID-19 virus? You think Baker's going to be able to get the routes in with OBJ? Cohen's not going, he's not going to a new team. Baker's not. New coach. Stefanski. Yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. Always has been. (laughs) Yeah. Can't thank you enough for listening to today's show. I hope it's helping a little bit with the wild times we're in. We'll continue to deliver hopefully above average goodness to you. We're back with another one tomorrow. Uh, Tell your friends, you know. I'm sure there's people listening to podcasts for the first time in their lives at the moment. If you want to ground and pound out there for us a little bit and say, hey, listen to Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Or the pod PMI. Or Hockey Talk. Or Good Better Bets. Or twitch.tv forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. We, or youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. We would thank you. That was ridiculous. That was a lot. That was a lot of just popping off there. Obviously, you don't have enough time to do all the shit that we do. We're doing a lot. Just trying to make some magic for the world. We appreciate you all. Ty Schmidt, I'm thinking about you, buddy. Appreciate you putting this together. And we can't wait to see you back at the office. COVID-19 ain't got nothing on Ty Schmidt. Now, granted, we don't know if Ty Schmidt has it. We're going to find out in the next 24 hours. Send your T's and P's to Ty Schmidt using hashtag... T's and P's to Ty Schmidt. (laughs) And you could potentially win some merch. Cheers. We'll see you tomorrow. Ty, please play some independent music.